Hello and welcome to the final Burkamp Wonderland of a season that I dare to think that we'd all like to forget. Joining the podcast today to talk all things Arsenal is, first of all, Josh. Hello, Josh. How are you? Hey, Carl. Uh, yeah, I'm well, good. Thank you. I think I'm glad the season is over. Let's put it that way. That is the positive spin that we can get from this season that it has now finally finished. Um, yes. yeah, how's things with um, you? After working 12 hours of signaling trains and dealing with all things London Underground, I now have to come and talk about Arsenal. I would rather go back to work, put it that way. But, you know, we have to be here and we have to do this. So, also with us talking all things Arsenal is Femi. How are you, Femi? I am good. The season is over. No more football for me. I'm not even watching the French games like some people. I'm just like, <laughs> that's it. Football's off. I'm watching WrestleMania on my TV right now. That's it. Yeah, I don't think I mean, it's about it's almost the same, isn't it? People throwing themselves to the floor in the Premier League, uh, Harry Kane. <clears throat> but anyway, we'll uh, talk about other things. And the man who has to be here, who is possibly the grumpiest person in the whole entire world, is Danny the GFP. I'm not going to ask how you are, Danny, because you're grumpy. So I'm going to say. I've got car um, news. What? Go for it, Danny. Tell, tell us the car news. Well, as we all know, GFP is not me. It's the registration plate on my car. My mates christened the my first Merc the GFP, the German flower pot. Lovely Merc. Cut the roof off, fill it full of mud, German flower pot. And I had the registration plate, D2 GFP, I know. And it's been off of the Merc for two years now because it's sawn. I bought a new car the other day, a lovely Volkswagen Schran. You stuffed me in my chair. You had Vaseline me up and you wedged me in the back. Well, that sounds like one of John's dirty weekends, doesn't it? No, that's not right. Uh, yes, so my mum said, how much is it? I said, eight and a half grand. She went, here you go, give me eight and a half grand. So I'm transferring the plate. So hopefully Monday afternoon, D2 GFP will be back on the road. Another German flower pot, Carl. How much of that did you care about? Uh, almost none of it. Yeah. However, the fact that you'll be out and about, Danny, the one more next season, I could say, Danny, you going to this Arsenal game? You could say, yes, Carl, I am. And then myself and Femi can meet you again. At Arsenal, and you know, take pictures around the ground, and hopefully, you'll arrange it properly and I'll have me meet you. Say you're one place and you're not there, and then we have to walk around the whole ground to try and find you. <laughs> not that you should be hard to find, you know, but still, it is always. I was, uh, and it's a Volkswagen Sharan, a silver one. So, if anyone wants an old one, my old 1999 is for sale on eBay, two and a half grand. Come and buy it, three grand for cash. But yes, I'm good, thank you, and I'm not grumpy. Although someone did tweet me the other day and tell me to shut up being grumpy. It might well have been you, Carl. It probably was, to be honest. I did it today as well. No. <laughs> right, let's crack on with this. Uh, the first thing we're going to talk about, I guess, is the start of the season. And at the start of the season, it's transfers, I guess. Josh, so <clears throat> this season, we brought in William. We brought in Cedric uh, on a permanent basis. We also brought in Gabrielle and we brought in Thomas Partey towards the end of the transfer. Josh, of those who we brought in, who would you say has performed the best? Oh, what were your expectations yeah. when we um, brought those players? What were you thinking at the start of the season? So I think at the start of the season, I would have said probably out of that list, Partey would have been what we expected, the guy to completely transform our central midfield. Willian to have a completely average season because he's a completely average player, but you could see exactly why we brought in a player in that mould. You know, a player that can play anywhere in that kind of midfield three, 
behind the striker, has got that experience that, you know, we've got a lot of youngsters in the squad with Martinelli, Saka, uh, Smith Rowe at the time as well, uh, Reese Nelson, all there and can get experience from a player that, like him or loathe him, has uh, at least been a part of squads that have done very well in the past. I think he's got Champions League winner's medal, um, you know, played in World Cups. He's got that experience that these younger players need to have. So for me, that kind of made sense. Cedric, well, should we ignore uh, or maybe put to one side the nature of the deal and how the consequences of um, said uh, deal may have resulted in our um, CEO leaving midway through the season? Um yeah, we just decided. Yeah, yeah. Uh, allegedly, I'll quickly add to that one. Is allegedly yes. the reason. Um, but yeah, uh, again, I thought Cedric, you know, capable backup for us. And what we kind of been missing was again another player with great experience for a team that I think last year was the youngest in the league in terms of average age. And yeah, Gabriel, a bit of an unknown for me. I haven't watched a lot of Lille uh, play especially the season before. So it was just interesting to see another kind of left-footed centre-back come in, come straight in. I mean, in the first game of the season, he he looked superb. He looks, you know, like a £50 million centre-back uh, for us. And yeah, who was the other one on there? Um, uh, Partha Gabriel, yeah. um, Runnison as well, we brought in. Oh, uh, yeah. Very unknown um, Runnison. I mean, the reports of our goalkeeping coach being sacked, I think, should, uh, yeah, purely for the fact that he said Runnison was a goalkeeper, should uh, <laughs> should be reasoning. Because I, I like the kid, but he honestly looks like somebody who was an average midfielder in the third division and thought, well, I'll go in goal. Um, perhaps I can make a career in a top division. And somehow Arsenal have picked him up. And yeah, he definitely looked like a third choice goalkeeper at the best of times. And at the worst of times, he didn't even look like a goalkeeper. Um, so that's a bit of a dodgy one. But I think it was a situation where we were kind of left short, weren't we? After, well, I'm sure we're going to go three players that went in that window as well. And one of them being um, Ben Swolo himself, Emmy Martinez. Um, I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, Femi, with hindsight, it's a wonderful thing. Um, would you have kept Martinez or Martinez and got rid of Leno, or would you have done what Arsenal did and got um, and kept Leno? Um, 20 million. Has the 20 million made a massive difference, is what I would ask. And I would say, no, it hasn't made a difference because we, we haven't really... For me personally, what I said is the the, the problem with the, the, the Martinez thing is I think he had a year left on his contract, if not two, maybe two years. So for me, <clears throat> I would have tried to persuade him to sign a new contract. Um, and the price, it's quite a dilemma, isn't it? Because was there a market for Leno? That's the first thing we have to we have to ask. Was there at that particular time? Was there a market for Leno? Um, if we had said, okay, this is our number one, Martinez, and we're going to stick with him, yeah, we probably could have got something for Leno, but could we have got twenty million for Leno? So I guess that's the dilemma that they face. But for me, 
it's it's quite hard with hindsight, isn't it? I mean, I've seen most of the teams of the season, and Martinez is in a lot of them, to be honest with you. So we can't kind of poo-poo him off and say, oh, yeah, he wasn't, you know, he was a third choice for most of his Arsenal career. You know, he's he stepped up to be number one and he's he's done really well. So it's it's one of those hard ones where and I think we'll we'll I'm sure we'll come on to it, but we're probably facing a similar dilemma with a certain midfielder this summer as well coming up. So it it's kind of like you're you're back in that position again with Joe Willett. So I'm sure we'll come on to that. But it, it's one of those ones where do you is the money worth it? Is the money worth the performances? You know, I, I, I personally don't see it, but, you know, that 20 million probably was what paid for party at the end of the day, wasn't it? But, but you know, you could have kept Genduzzi and, and seen, you know, it's, it's all a much of a muchness, to be honest with you, when you end up in, in such a, you know, a mid-table position, isn't it? How much more difference can one player make? So I mean, certainly as we finished higher than Villa did, um I know it's kind of saying, of course, we should finish higher than Aston Villa. But... Yeah, I was about to say, they were like near the bottom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but in terms of the six points between us and they beat us, what, home and away? They did the double over us and to still yeah. have six points over them at the end of the season, um, I think says something to how much of a much of a muchness it would have been. Put Leno in that side. Do you think he keeps the same number of clean sheets? Um I think probably about the same because Villa were there to set up. The keepers were very, very similar in terms of how they play. Well, that's yeah. the thing with goalkeepers, isn't it? How much difference, unless you're like at the top, top level of goalkeeping, how much difference are they going to... I mean, the, the, what's the famous... Who said the Petr Cech thing? Was it Wenger or someone said he's going he's gonna to save us 12 points? It's 12 points, was it? It was going to win us 12 points. It's like, mm, yeah, really? Oh, it's John he, Terry. Not... John Terry. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, he was worth 12 really... points a season. And it turned out yeah, it was to, like... to the other team. <laughs> 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 just put it to his front post, just knock it to the front post, and it takes him about four days to get down there. But you have to look at it from comparing goalkeepers. Is a, I think the thing that Martinez has over Leno is Martinez has a touch of the Jens Lehmans about him. I don't mean he goes for a Ouija in the game. I mean, he's very shouty. He's good in the air. Whereas we, I did notice in the last last part of the season that Leno, rather than just punching the ball away, sometimes he would catch it. And I thought that's always a good step for a goalkeeper. Or recently, he, he blocked it and then dived down and caught it. So he is improving his game. But as 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 the kind of goalkeeper that you need in front of a back four that seemed to be allergic to defending at times during this season, Martinez would have been the better goalkeeper because he's going to be shouting and screaming at them. He's Because a lot of the time, I said the weaknesses for Leno is the ball would come across and he'd drop it. He'd, he'd fist it away and then the defenders would go, oh, look, there's a ball on the floor. Is that yours? And by then someone's come in and scored. And he wouldn't put up with any of that nonsense. He, he'd, he'd tear them a new one if they did do it. But different things from different goalkeepers. Like said, Seaman wasn't much of a shouter, but he's, he's the best goalkeeper we've had in Premier League history. So, uh, but looking at the, there wasn't anybody coming in for Leno, was there? Although Leno is probably worth more money. And this season, I think Villa have let in seven or eight more goals than we have. We've got the third best, least number of goals conceded, which is, um, which were a bit of a blessing. And today we finally went into, I think, um, positive equity on our, our home goals scored for and against. I think before it was 21 22 or or it was equal and then today we got so we're up by did we win two nil today or was it three it was two wasn't it yeah two, I yeah. Didn't, yeah i didn't i missed the first half 
because someone didn't wake me up. But I think of all the problems of this season, picking one of those two goalkeepers, I think that's the least of our problems. And hope people saying, oh, we need to get a new goalkeeper, but get rid of Leno. Well, if that's the number one thing on the top of your list of things that we need to do next season, well, then that would be a happy world if that was the biggest problem we had next season. What do you think, Carl? Well, we, we definitely have more. But I'll stick with you, Danny, that just talk about the outgoings that happened at the start of the season, at least. So obviously, we, uh, Guendouzi left um, on loan to Hertha Berlin, and that was. Do you think, from um, Arteta's standpoint, do you think it was the right thing to do? I mean, there's no doubt that Guendouzi definitely could have been in our squad, but it was obviously a discipline issue. Whether Arsenal would like to admit it, the reason why he left. Um, would you have done that, Danny? Would you have said, right? You obviously need to mature just a little bit because. There was no doubt that there was words said after that Brighton game um, between Arteta and Guendouzi. Would you have sort of set him out alone to try and mature a little bit? I think so. We had 36 players leave the club either on loan or or, or permanently leave. Um, <clears throat> I think if that had been a more experienced manager, Wenger would never have done that with Guendouzi. Uh, he would have he would have said, look, come on, we'll, we'll sort this out. He'd have... Uh, Put up the, the more experienced manager will have people uh, have dealt with people like that before. Anelka, I mean, that was the original uh, Enfant Terrible. Good God, I hope Chris doesn't hear this. That's the right word, isn't it? I'm sure it is. Terrible infant. Uh, that was it, was one of the first ones. And Wenger dealt with him for two seasons, then let him go. Uh, it's you look at Arteta, and that's one of the many things that he needs to improve on as a manager is dealing with people that uh, either think they're some kind of uh, God's gift to footballing and 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 permed hair, or <clears throat> think they they don't have to listen to the manager. But it's been reported that there was a definite click at Arsenal: Kalasnic, Mustafi, Özil, and that um, Gwendausi was you know, was easily led. Uh, we've heard that, and so I think that's a lot to do with it. I think he could come back next season, and he might have learned his lesson. But I mean, Chris does tend—we all hate to say it—but Chris does tend to know what he's on about. And if Chris says this bloke is too much of a talent not to give him another chance, then I tend to agree with Chris. But I don't like Gwendozy. I don't like the cut of his jib. He's not exactly gone there and um, and been magnificent. It's not like he's gone there and done a Saliba, has it? Or done a Mavropanos where the fans love him and he's had great games every week. He's not really done much there. He's had a couple, I think he scored a couple of goals, a few assists. He's he had a disagreement with the captain, might have had a disagreement with the manager. Not sure he's learned his ways, Carl. I mean, Josh, um, with you, if Gwendouzi came back and his attitude hadn't changed and he was exactly the same as before he left, reportedly, I guess, um, what would you do with Gwendouzi? Would you cut your losses and sell him or would you send him on loan again? Because really and truly, if a player and a manager doesn't get on and you're not like the star of the club, there's only going to be one winner, isn't there? Like the club are going to sell him if... Arteta says, look, I can't work with him. He is disrespectful and things like that. So I guess if you as a manager, what would you do? Yeah, I think I'd probably stick with what Arteta's going to do as well. The difficult thing is going to do his contract. If he had like three years or so or plus left on his deal, you know, if Emery had given him a new deal when he was playing week in, week out for us and he you know, signs a new five-year contract, Arteta's come in and he's still got, you know, that kind of, we've got that time to kind of go... 
yeah, let's uh, give him another year, give him another chance, send him out on another loan. But I think right now, from everything we've seen, we need to reinforce this midfield. We know that. Uh, has he matured enough? I know he's since he left the club, he's got married, he's had a kid. That tends to be the two things that calms a player down in terms of their, you know, kind of off-field antics and uh, just general aggression on the field. But it it's difficult. I think if he comes back into this midfield, you see him over pre-season. But I've, if an offer comes in for him, I'm snatching someone's hand off for it. Because I think it could be just as equally as you say, oh, it could be like another Adrian Rabio, you know, another player who's got a similar kind of discipline um, issue. It could quite easily be a Ravel Morrison and £20 million in the pocket from him. We could take that and just run. Imagine a £20 million goes towards getting someone like Sander Berg coming in. And we at least know reliable to not a twat, basically. <laughs> And I think that's, you know, got to be the, the bottom line for us right now. We're moving into, what, one game a week now that we haven't qualified for any European competition. So we're going to have the problem with the Africa Cup of Nations, with uh, Partey and Elneny going to that. If you want someone who we saw on the pitch today um, wearing the number eight shirt for the opposition coming to... Uh, coming to Arsenal, then he's going to the Africa Cup of Nations with Mali. So we're going to need somebody in that midfield that isn't going. Otherwise, I feel sorry for Aziz because that's all it's going to be for a month. It's just Aziz in our midfield. Um, so at least Guendouzi won't be going there. Um, broke his foot, hasn't he, recently? Metatarsal, yeah. I think. Yeah, so I wonder if that kind of slows down our ability to get him out of the club and he ends up sitting here. Um Probably a six, was it a six week usually injury? So I don't think, yeah, I think he'll be back before the transfer window ends. I think, Hopefully. I think what, what, yeah, I think the, the problem with this one is because, like you're saying, he's only got a year left on his contract. So you are kind of in a position mm. where is he even going to sign? And mm. there's literally no point in letting him go for a free. He can't go on loan yeah. anymore if he's got a year yeah. left. So you're in a position where you kind of just. I don't think he'll sign, to be honest with you. Why would he? he he's not got the trust of the manager. He no. think he probably, as well as other players, think, okay, the club see this this guy, this manager is long-term, so why would I sign my future somewhere where I might play a couple of games and then do something wrong and I'm bombed out? So I think he's done, to be honest with you, especially when you've got Elneny also on one year left mm. on his contract. You kind of you might be able to lose one of the two on a free. And it'll probably be Elneny because you're not going to get more than, I'll say, five million for Elneny. So you might as well just keep him and let him be a squad player, let him go for free next summer. That means you you might you have to sell Genduzi. Unfortunately, I don't know how his contract was so short in the beginning. Uh, I, I mean, usually we give minimum five year contracts for new signings. So for him to have a four year contract is it's quite a weird one, to be honest. It so, does expi- um, transfer market says it expires the end of June next year. Yeah, so we we, <laughs> we basically just have to sell him. He can't go on loan again. It's just sell sell or go on a free. And the days of letting players go on a free should be well and truly over for us now. Plus, we know yeah. that he's going to go on and be good, Carl. I mean, it's almost guaranteed that he's going to go off and do 
if some manager's going to put up with his shit, and then he's there, gonna, he's going to be able to run right, but then it'll be brilliant on the pitch, but a nightmare off of it. And we look back at that and go, there you go, 30, 40, 50 million pound player playing for France doing wonders. I mean, yeah, it's one of those things where you have to weigh up. If if he you come back and him and Arteta, obviously him, Arteta and his agent have to sit down and have that conversation to say, you got one more year left in your deal. Are you going to sign? If it's a no straight away, okay, no worries. We'll have to try and look for a move for you. Or he can dig his heels in and say, no, I'm going to stay here for a year and leave for free. And there's nothing we can do about that. Unfortunately, we can treat him like we did reverse him or just play him in the reserves and just not play him. But really and truly, who does it actually help? Um, there's only so many times that Arteta can do that to a player until he's going to start getting labelled and that's not going to be a good thing for Arsenal Football Club or even uh, Mikel Arteta because, like you said, Danny, he needs to work on his man management skills, I think. Um, and who has he fallen out with, Carl, that has been given a second chance at the club other than Aubameyang? Do you get the feeling that was a forced look because he's the star player, he's the, the jewel in our crown. Every other player he's fallen out with has gone. Yeah, I mean, even our, um, the Aubameyang thing... I, I thought it was really pointless and I remember talking after the game on one of the, um, the shows that we did saying, if you're going to drop him, drop him. Don't have him in the squad at all. Like That was just pointless because if um, Lacazette had got injured in the first minute of the game, you were going to bring him on. So that whole show of just dropping him to the sub bench for me was absolutely pointless and and I don't wrong him for doing it. Like, he needed to drop um, Abanyan because that was ridiculous. If you're the captain, you should be there an hour early, not sitting in London traffic in your Lamborghini. Did, did you hear what Tommy Tickles said about him when he was at Dortmund? That he does oh, it all yeah. the time, but he you have to give genius like um, yeah. just let him do what he does, which is I can understand. You know, sometimes you let your star player just deal with it, but he wasn't the captain then and he is a captain now and he's got a lead by example. Show the young players that you can't do that button. I guess that's a... And uh, you can you can see um, definitely just to you know hammer down on that as well, Carl, is the indiscipline of the rest of the squad. Uh, I don't think it's completely um, you know, we can't brush it under the carpet by saying look at our form from I think it's what, from January that puts us third in the table. Mm. The, at that point, we have cleared out quite a lot of players that you would say would be disruptive during training. And Abamyang being, you know, just turned to toe the line, I think that was a good piece of man management, to be honest, to kind of go, right, I've got rid of four other people. We've taken huge losses on them because we've just cancelled contracts left, right and centre to get them out. And I think saying that to Aubameyang as well, going, you might be the captain, but it doesn't give you an excuse to be late. And we've got to set an example to everybody, and that includes you. You know, you are, as you say, you're the captain. We've got an inexperienced squad. They need to be seeing this kind of leadership off the field from, from a player who, on the field, their style of captaincy is by leading by example. Because you don't see him say as a, a Tony Adams or a John Terry, you know, rallying the troops in uh, from his forward position. He's very much captain because he's our star player. Yeah. But that's an Arsenal thing, isn't it? Like mm. They always give the star player the, the captaincy. I mean, Femi, next year, mm. would you, 
Taking away the captaincy from our, from Aubameyang, if you was to, I mean, it would cause rifts. I get to, but would you say to Aubameyang maybe we should give the captaincy to somebody else, whether it be I don't know Tierney or whether it be whoever in the squad. I I don't know who I'd give it to. I mean, a lot of people will um, say Tierney, he's the leader, uh, but again with Tierney's um, injury proneness, like. How many games is he actually gonna? I mean, look. How many games is he actually gonna play? But would you keep the captaincy with Aubameyang? Yes, <laughs> unfortunately, I would. And the reason why I would is because I cannot think of another instance where, apart from Jacquard and all that, but that was a weird one, wasn't it? Where a captain has lost the armband and still been on side. Even this small thing, well, not small, but this this lateness thing, he just hasn't looked the same player since since all of that happened. I can't imagine being so. I, I think what what is likely to happen is something probably towards what Emery did, uh, and I think it's is something that um, Pep does as well. It's, a, it's kind of a Spanish thing, isn't it? The five captains thing. So mm. I think what will happen more likely is if you've got. You know, who's our five captains? I don't know. It's uh, Hector, uh, Lacar, Aubameyang. I, I don't know who the other two are. Upholding. Um, Rob Holding's Holt. Fifth. Is he? Was he? Is he captain. Okay, so, then, so then there you go. So if you get quite a few of them leaving, you know, a few of the senior players. So if I don't know what the situation with Lacazette, but if Lacazette leaves, if if uh, Bellerin leaves, uh, Louise, uh, who else? I don't know who else is, is captain material. Uh, then you Jacka. have a chance. Yeah. Then you have a chance to rebuild that sort of captaincy group. Then that's a, that's a nice subtle way of kind of taking it off over a little bit. As in when you, when you start putting the, the, the types of tyrannies in that group, the types of, I don't know who else, who else we've got, maybe a signing or someone that can just step into that group and then those types of players, like a Tierney will be playing, you know, we've only got 38 games now next season. He'll be playing majority of the games. So you can stick a Tierney in your captaincy group and he'll be, you know, on the pitch most of the time, put him as second captain or third captain. He'll have the armband the majority of the time when Oba's got a rest. And that's how you, I'll do that and then just gradually phase him out of the captaincy rather than just, Taken it. The last person I remember the captaincy being taken off was was William Gallas by Arsene Wenger, <laughs> and he was off within a couple of months. To be honest with you, yeah, there was reasons. Just looking that. at Wikipedia, Carl, captain one, Aubameyang, vice captain Bellerin, third captain Lacazette, fourth Xhaka, fifth Bob Holding. There you go. I mean, yeah, I mean, of those, the only person who was guaranteed to be there next season probably Rob Holding. Um, because let's face it, I think that Bellerin, who has hardly played in the last this year, you might as well say, um, he doesn't look like he's gonna remain at the club. Uh, definitely not, he's gonna go. Um, Lacazette is again, he's got one more year left in his contract, and if he doesn't sign. Are we looking to cash on him this season, um, towards the end of the season, or this season? Sorry, are we? Gonna, we're not going to let him go for free. We can't, even if we get fifteen million for him, ten million for him. We have to get some sort of monetary value. We can't keep letting these players go for free. And I think because 
these players, I've got one year left in this contract. Um, clubs are broke all all around. They've had no fans in the stadium, so every club really and truly is not flushed with money unless you're backed by an oil tycoon or a whole country or a whole state. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the only people who have got money, and let's be honest, there's not many people. If your club is backed by an oil tycoon or a country or a state, you're not going to look at that because they're you know, Let's be really honest. So the market for him is probably small. Let's go back to France, the French teams haven't got any money. Let's go back to Spain. Spanish teams haven't got any money. So, you know, I think for us to get any money for him, you're looking at a very, very, very small select clubs and the fee is going to be minimal, unfortunately. And it's a shame because there are a few players that would, as much as I think that we need to improve on the squad, our owners are not known to back us you know, then not knowing to be just put their hands in the pocket and just give us loads and loads of money. At the same time, we're going to have to make up for sales of players, which I guess we'll get on to later. Um, I just want to start talking about results. Um, so, start of the season, first games, we had Fulham, who we beat 3-0. We had West Ham, who we beat 2-1 uh, in the league. And then we lost to Liverpool 3-1. So, that was September. Um, then we went on to... October, and we had uh, Sheffield United, who we beat 2-1. We also lost to Man City 1-0, and then we lost to um, Leicester uh, 1-0. So, the first two months of the season, our results weren't great, but they weren't the best either. Um, Danny, I don't know if you can remember that far back, because sometimes I can't be honest with you. Um, first two months of the season, how, what was your hopes then? That was a very short. I thought then I thought we can add something else after then. Yeah, like you're saying, we started the season off really well with uh, beating Liverpool on penalties, and we thought, <clears throat> here we go. And uh, and then we beat Fulham three nil. Willian getting four four assists out of those three goals. We thought, oh bloody hell, Willian! My God, this man this season's going to get what 20, 25 assists. Yeah, that didn't last very long. And then we beat West Ham, which is uh, which is pretty good considering how far up west of the table West Ham were actually managed to get. And then we beat Leicester in the League Cup. And then it all started to fall apart when we got smashed by Liverpool in the league. And we went, oh, we are. Now, now I see what's going on here. Uh, Liverpool didn't take the, champ- the uh, charity shield overly um, importantly. And then we had a couple more games and we lost to Man City. And we thought, right, we've now played probably two of the best teams in the league. And they've both beaten us. The only reason Man City didn't smash seven or eight past is because... Um, We've got Pep Jr. At, at the club. And then then the only decent results we were getting was in the, uh, the Europa League, where we won every single one of our six group games. I think we won them all, getting three or four goals. And that was the emergence that we look back now. We can see that was how Smith-Rowe and Saka and, and a couple of the others were going, oh, hello, these, are, these young men. I know we'd seen quite a bit of Saka before, the season before. But Smith Rowe, a lot of people are thinking, well, why isn't he getting played? He went to Huddersfield last season, had a great time there, helped them um, up the table because they were near the bottom of the table. And then he came back and he wasn't really doing much. And I remember thinking, oh, God, I hope he's going to use um, Smith Rowe because that kid is, is in the class of, uh, of Paul Merson in the way that he plays football. And then, like you were saying, we got towards the, around the Christmas time and we lost to Spurs. We got towards the Christmas time and then, um, yeah, and then it all started to fall apart again until... Um, near near the beginning of the year, Carl, and that's for me when when something happened. Once we got rid of the uh, the hashtag Bundesliga bastards, copyright uh, Danny two thousand and twenty, that's when things started to turn around. 
And that's when the season started getting interesting for me. It made such a difference getting rid of those um, those horrible boys. I mean, yeah, I have to agree with you. I mean, in that period, we beat Manchester United away 1-0. Um, we lost to Aston Villa 3-0 at home, which was a really, really <laughs> bad result. Um, we drew with Leeds and... One of the games that really sticks out in my head is when we lost to Wolves uh, at home, which was just really, really bad. One of your show notes, uh, Carl, you said we had to pick our best and worst games. You've just mentioned yes. my worst game. Um, to, to the both of you, Femi and Josh, I want you to think about your best game of the season and your worst game uh, of this season. Um, yeah, again, as you're saying, Danny, we just just trying to play out for the results. We lost to Spurs, which is never, ever good. We um, we lost to Burnley at home in December. They did the double, um, didn't they, over us? Yeah. Did we fail to beat them? It's one or the other. No, we drew with them and we drew with them because remember they had that handball that we never got a penalty for. Um, the Jacques the special. The Jacques yeah. special in that one. <laughs> yeah, because Jacques got sent off in that game, didn't he? Yeah, I remember. Um <laughs> So, yeah, the results weren't too good. But there was a surprising result um, in December, Josh, when we beat Chelsea at home 3-1. I mean, obviously, they had Lampard, and I think uh, we contributed towards his um, to second. But even for you, Josh, I don't know if you can remember that far back, but beating, less, beating um, Chelsea wasn't that sort of one of the feel-good moments of the season where no one really gave us a chance. Chelsea were relatively flying high in the league and they come to the Emirates on Boxing Day of all days and we beat them. Yeah, I think definitely because it was all very much doom and gloom at that point. I think we're pretty low down in the table. Uh, certainly after our November, which we've gone through as just a terrible run of form. To come in and kick on from there with uh, that result, for me, puts it up there as one of the best uh, results of the season for us. Um, I'm currently trying to have to look through the fixture list and see which result is probably the one that I'd say would be game of the season. But right now, it's it's up there as probably that Chelsea game because it was you know Lampard's the second coming of Jesus um, <laughs> kind of level. And I think if you knew anything about football, you could see that that guy did not know how to coach a defence. Um, and we really made them pay, especially that we've seen some of those dodgy results. I think worst one for me in the season comes, it's that 3-0 loss to Villa because we never turned up for that game at all. Um, you know, there's other losses, like you say, that the Man City one, that, that isn't that bad. Um, you know, Man City were you know, absolutely smashing it and we just kept them quiet. And that, as you say, the Chelsea game just leads to, you know, a win over Brighton, win over West Brom. We then kind of start picking our form up for across that January. And yeah, I'd say that that probably is also our best game of the season. Um, for the neutrals, it's probably the Leeds game where we beat them 4-2 um, because that was a really exciting game. But so That's my game yeah. of the season. That's what mm. I picked. Yeah, but otherwise I think that, yeah, it, there's nothing that's really coming from from the Europa League, is there? Um, All much so, in the yeah. league or the cups? <laughs> no, the four, I say the four 0 from Slavia Prague is quite good, but then you know, obviously, we then go through to Villarreal. Um, 
<laughs> so we, I don't think we really uh, really count anything in the cups. So long there until you ruined it. Yeah, sorry. I mean, I mean, on hindsight, even the three-one in February, the three-one against Leicester. I mean, I know Leicester mm. absolutely monumentally. Oh, Saliba just scored. Um, I know um, Leicester monumentally collapsed. But even going away, three, I mean, Leicester at the time, they were in Champions League places. They were flying high. And we go away to Leicester and beat them 3-0 when I remember having a conversation with Danny. I think I've done a pod previously to that. And Danny's saying that, oh, they're going to smash us. I mean, you know, positive Danny as normally is. But... Um, yeah, even I kind of tended to agree with Danny. I thought we there's no way in hell we were going to beat Leicester. And we got away to Leicester and we beat them. So, like, this team, it just seems weird. Like, when you feel that all hope is gone and you feel, oh, God, we're going to get smashed, battered, we all seem to be able to pull some sort of result out of the bag. I mean, no one was expecting us to go and beat Man City or Liverpool or, you know, teams like that. But at the same time, when you think that, you know, we're our backs against the wall, we managed to come up with results. Like, it, <sighs> Femi, do you think that we played better when there's no pressure on? I mean, as soon as we went out of the Europa League, there was no pressure on us at all, and we've won every single game. Um, it's been like that for a few years, though, hasn't it? Because on the Wenger, we used to crash out of all the competitions, didn't we, in around February, March sometimes? when we drop out of the Champions League, do you, do you remember those seasons? We'll drop out of the Champions League one week, hmm. the FA Cup the next week, and it, it was like a time period. And then we'll go on this amazing run at the end of the season and everyone will be like, oh, yeah, 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 Wenger's all right. You know, it's not him. Just in time. It was, it, it, seriously, it was always like that. Every it was season. that March, wasn't it? It was, yeah, it was like every March. single cup in March. And then <laughs> yeah. April to May, we'd gone on an unbeaten run of like 13 exactly. games. And the Invincibles did that, didn't they? I was there at Villa exactly. Park when we lost to Man United in the FA Cup semi-final. And then I think Liverpool did us in, in 08, we did us in the Champions League when they shouldn't have knocked yeah. us out of the semi-finals there. And just, yeah, you could just guarantee that go bang, 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 out of all the competitions, mm. suddenly nothing left. And oh, hello, we're playing all right. Like we're, we're just <laughs> run we're on now, mm. five wins in a row in the league. The first time we've done this since the first season Emery took over, the first yeah. like the first yeah. ten games of the season. Yeah, so so it, it's quite crazy. I mean, obviously there was a point, there was a couple of points in the season that I was I was panicking, to be honest with you. I, I lost I lost all faith. I, I was in the way. I was in the way going to get relegated. <laughs> and it was. Do you know what? To be fair, it wasn't that I thought we were going to get relegated. It's because we were playing like a team that was bottom of the league. We were creating no chances at all per game. We were hardly touching the ball in the opposition box, and I just didn't see that type of football was sustainable at all. And it got me so worried. So for us to kind of pick it up and. You know, go on a run from from Boxing Day, where to be honest, I think barring a few refereeing calls here and there, we could have even done gone on a better run. To be honest with you, and you know, barring losing our heads in a few games like the Burnley one, where Xhaka you know kicked the ball against someone and the ball went straight in the back of the net, individual massive individual errors. We could have we could have actually done something in this second half of the season if it wasn't for. For, for stuff like that. I think we're nine to 12 points worse off this season yeah. based yeah. on just refereeing decisions alone that went yeah. our way. That Wolves game, for example. Yeah, the Wolves game. Yes. Oh, man. That, that was one the there. One. 
sticks out in my head so much. Yeah. yeah. And that's not the yeah. only one in there as well. It was that kind of spate of a couple of weeks where yeah. we yeah. lost games purely because we didn't win games purely because there were things like obvious penalties not given for us. Yeah, I remember the Burnley one where it was a blatant handball. The guy sort of stretched out his arm and then it went to VAR and then it still said, oh, no, 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 it's a, a natural movement. I mean, what kind of, if you're playing football, what kind of natural movement is you mm. moving your arm towards the ball? And, I guess every team, I guess there's not a team in the Premier League or probably a team in Europe who hasn't had some sort of VAR decision go against them. Mm. So I'm not just going to say it's all Arsenal, but I guess when it's your team and you watch them week in, week out, you look at some of the decisions that we've had, some of the offside decisions as well, and you think to yourself, how, how is, like, why is it only against us? And yeah, we've had some, I, I agree with you, Joshua, 100%, definitely nine to 12 points worse off just because of VAR refereeing decisions or whoever and I mean we're not gonna I'm gonna get into VAR right now because it's a whole conversation <laughs> we've had many conversations about VAR but they've got to get it right for next season and now we've said this ever since VAR's come in and you know it's almost ruining football a little bit and but is there an answer if there is one, like what is the answer? If there is one, yeah, get competent people to run it. It's that simple. It's yeah, not crazy. a problem. It's not a problem in yeah. other leagues. We saw it in Europa League. How quickly were they getting to decisions? And nine, you would say ninety nine percent of the time in games we were watching, they're getting that decision right and they're dealing with it quickly and succinctly. And then, yeah, just get competent people. It's not that difficult with the best yeah, league in the uh, world, quote unquote. I have to agree there because what what we're doing actually right now is we're getting incompetent referees to referee the game and to referee the VAR. So basically you're getting two incompetent decisions back to back and then they, and then they back each other up to say, (laughs) Oh yeah, you were wrong, but you know, you don't have to look at it. We'll just, We'll, we'll we'll let them, whatever. I don't even know what they say to each other on on that microphone. I mean, just this afternoon for a, you know, we didn't have that many, or I can't think of any dodgy refereeing decisions that we had necessarily. Wasn't it? Uh, no, I mean from uh, our game against Brighton. Oh, okay. um, but John Moss, how is he still a professional referee? The guy doesn't leave a oh, centre circle. Doesn't leave a centre circle. Oh, bad today. Oh, he's so unfit. Like literally, he blew, when he blew the whistle, you can almost see the relief on his face, and he has to run anymore. <laughs> he uses well, it just first, to get a catch of breath, half, doesn't he? <laughs> The first yeah. half, there was he didn't add any. It was forty-five minutes on the dot. Yeah. <laughs> he blew up. He was like, "Yeah, that's, that's yeah, I'm that. done. That's it." I've heard. They need, I've heard they got hot dogs back at the Emirates. Run up there. <laughs> they need an independent um, a group to be to assess the VAR. And so, well, these people are not referees. They don't know any of the referees. But at the end of every weekend, an independent panel is going to assess every VAR thing, and then you, the referees, are going to be responsible for your actions. And then, and then take it away from the, the when you can't have the police policing themselves, can you? Because that's just nonsense. I think the is, I was going to say the problem is that they're so incompetent. You won't have any referees ref for the next game week because you'll have, you'll have <laughs> they'll be asking them. around the stadium. They're all be in the championship. You'll, you'll have sent them all down to the championship for a week. So you have to call games off. It's, it's that problem. It needs an entire reform. It's not the technology is not the problem. It is the person sitting at the computer. 
Like, it's like we don't trust Mike. Dean. Yeah, exactly. We don't trust Mike Dean or John Moss, Andre Mariner, any of them when yeah. they're on the field. Now they're up in Thunderbird Five trying to tell us everything that's going on. <laughs> and then even when you go to the referees that are working for Sky and BT Sport, they go, "Yeah, I agree with that." Oh. You can almost tell how much he hates Arsenal. Like, do you, do you remember the Palace game that uh, and, and Benteke literally put his arm into El Nene's um, interface? <laughs> now, that's a, that's that's a red now. card all day. No matter that's, that's, what, it's an orange card, Carl. Orange. And that's what I'm saying. Things like, that, oh, it's an orange card. No, there's no, like, don't be stupid. It's either red. Oh, it's not. It is a red card that you literally, and he's trying to say, oh, the action of his arm, like, didn't warrant, like, his reaction. Well, he's like, not that no, kind of player. Oh, that, yeah, that is the most annoying thing ever. But no, he literally, it was a violent act. He pushed his arm into the his face, but somehow it's not a red card. Like, for me, that's, things like that frustrate me because just be honest, like, as much as I want to see the, the world through Arsenal rose-tinted glasses, had that been Granite Xhaka, I would have been like, Granite Xhaka, you're a fucking idiot. You should have been sent off there. Because sometimes you could just got to be honest with your team. And, yeah. that, and like I said, I guess every team in the league can have a look at um, a result or an, an action against their team to think, how is that player not being sent off? How is that not a penalty? How is that not a free kick? Mm. How is that goal being given? But I don't know, like... I would love to see a table of um, VAR results uh, for and against teams just to see where we would be. Um, it would be very interesting. But I guess, again, it's all into interpretation, isn't it? It's, mm. oh, when you join the lines for an offside, or is it offside, is it not? Even that, that's the most um, tempestuous thing as well because you look at <laughs> you look at the lines and in one frame they're onside and another frame, they're offside. And it's like, well, what frame are you taking for it to you to decide whether it's onside or offside? It's And wobbly lines. Yeah. Mm. They look like they were done yeah. with, on an Etch-a-Sketch. Yeah. VAR's been a disappointment this season. And, it's, and not, not like, like Josh said, not the technology, VAR, mm. the... the uh, there was one of the there's one of the guys who he was he's not even an experienced referee is he and he did like two games in one day and he messed up in two games in one day it's like oh what is what's going on here <laughs> they're never yeah, going to get rid of it though are they no and they should no, keep it. they stay. should keep it but the problem is I say it, it works it works everywhere else but in England and why is that is, are we ever gonna? Are we ever gonna have a European pool of referees? And remember, back in the day, it was Pierre Luigi Colina. Was mm-hmm. uh, they said he was going to come over to the Premier League and do the? Uh, I think it was Arsenal Man United back in the um, the early noughties. I mean, is that is that the way forward to have European referees coming over here? Because well, they, they're not all they, going to be from Manchester, is, are they? The problem is, Dave, is that they're all <laughs> professional referees. So mm. these people are getting paid. To referee like this, being a referee is their full time job. So, you know, if you're paying, if you're paying someone to be a professional referee and you're still mm. getting it wrong. I mean, for me, I don't think a referee should be refereeing for 10, 12 years in, ref- in the league. Mm. Because if a, say, like a manager or mm. a club speaks out against you, you're always going to have that in your head. I think there should be, they should be a high turnover referees in the league, 100%. Yes. It's like, the same as a player, isn't it? That a player yeah. only like the top striker is only at the top of his game for what five seasons, as we found out with Vardy. Six, 
as we found out with the bumming, I thought it was what you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, on him. He's one of our own. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, I think that's haven't the they, thing. They've that, got, you say? Sorry, go haven't on, they man. got a... Um, sorry, guys. Yeah, sorry. They've got this Australian guy, isn't it, that came from the A-League who's going to become the first foreign referee in the Premier League. So I think oh. they, they brought him in from the A-League. I think he's been trialling in the... Um, he, he, I think he's been trialing in in the in the EFL already. So he's and he's impressed apparently. So he's coming. He's going to be the first foreign ref to join the, the Premier League next season. So he, I think he's the one that you know, remember that video that was going around where the, the he was the one that was explaining the VAR. I don't really remember that he was talking through the VAR and he mm. was. You could hear the the audio of the VAR. It's that guy, I think. Yeah, they mic'd so, yeah. up a load of A League refs. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, you could see them on BT Sport when they had it. Um, yeah, it was really interesting. It was the kind of what you expected to see. Um, what any kind of from a ref, ref would do. What a, what a competent person would do. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we can't be having it. These, oh yeah, I, uh, I'm from Manchester. I grew up a mile outside from Old Trafford, but I definitely support Altrincham. Fuck off! Do you support? I didn't know that in the old days you had a team of referees and they could all linesman and they could all ref. Mm. I was saying, why isn't Sean Massey referee the game? Mm. She's not allowed to. She's a lines person. I mean, what what is that nonsense? How can you have it? Dedicated, yeah, dedicated person for that. We need more women doing it because women tend to be more balanced, Mm. usually. Or like Michael Oliver. At least he's out there. He says he's a Newcastle fan, so he can't do Newcastle games. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, I believe you. And so you just want something like Anthony Taylor to go, yeah, I am a Man United fan. But you know, you're not going to get the FA Cup final if you say shit like that. You've I'm got a Barney fan. Oh, yeah. We'll know that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, and... You know, I, I guess next this time next season we'll be sitting here discussing the same old things about VAR results of no, we're, we're back in the Champions League. That's what we'll be saying this time <laughs> next season, Carl. You've got to believe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, speaking <laughs> about that, we can talk about Europe now. Um, Danny, we never... Well, our European sort of uh, escapade ended when uh, our former manager uh, dumped us out of the cup. Um, I'm not going to go over the group game results because... It was just silly. It, we could have played the kids and still won six out of six. Um, first time we've done that, though, in the Europa League. That was one thing, though, because, uh, well, because we normally threw that the last game. Emery put the kids out, or Wenger did, and we lost at least one. But yeah, first like, yeah. 100% record we got. Can I, can I say one of my biggest disappointments was in the group stage for me, just before you move on to the knockout rounds, is... The fact that Mustafi plays six games in the group stage actually still annoys me to this day because I think what an absolute waste of... That was a waste of time, a waste of game time for someone else who I'm not even going to mention the name I'm thinking about, but you played Mustafi for six games. He didn't play... I think he came on as a sub in one league game when someone was injured or something like that. And then you dumped him out of the club on a free transfer in January. I think... Those types of mistakes are things, when you're talking about a manager learning, you cannot make those types of decisions ever again. You know, you what have mean, to prioritise. They knew, as in they knew they were getting rid of him, so why play him when others could well, have he, the experience? He had a, he had a, exactly. He hadn't signed the contract. He was leaving at the end of the season. He said he was going to go, know, didn't he? 
Yeah, yeah. So you knew he wasn't signing mm. the contract. He's made it, it is, clear yeah. you you kind of have intentions to sell him in January. So what are you are you getting him fit for someone else? What was the point of that? You know, you just literally just threw away six games. So that that was one of my disappointments <laughs> yeah. of the group stage. Especially when you had Saliba, um, he didn't. I, I didn't want to register. say the name. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I know. But then I got to, I guess, like he didn't even register Saliba to play. That's because he was. couldn't. He couldn't be registered. We had a problem with homegrown players that Saliba couldn't be registered. But that's why. Like he said he could yeah. have registered. Saliba in place of Mustafi. Oh, for if sure. He yeah. he, if yeah. he knew he was going, you knew he was, you would have I had think, your intentions on him going. I think at that point with Mustafi, to be honest, I remember at the beginning of the season, I thought he was playing for a new contract because he, he was one of our best yeah. defenders towards the end of the season. It looked like things had changed under uh, Arteta, that he was going to be the guy, you know, Bob Holding wasn't on the scene at that point, was it? He was injured. Yeah, him and Chambers were injured. We we had Mustafi there. And it was a toss-up, I thought, between him and Holding, who was going to get the new contract. Because one of them was going to come in and play superbly well. And it turned out it was Holding. And I don't think many of us, towards the end of last season, would have said that. Um, I certainly was positive on Mustafi and thought there is a chance for him in this team. Um, especially his option, again, is availability to play right back, very similar to Chambers. Uh, so I could see the logic of having Mustafi there. Um, obviously, it turned out he was a massive prick and he was trying to get Arteta out. And uh, the rest is history. Um, yeah, released by Schalke as well at the end of the season. So, Mad. Yeah, they've gone down. They were, they mm-hmm. were finishing top six regularly in the Bundesliga mm-hmm. previously. And then they signed oh, Mustafi. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Oh gosh! I mean, yeah. Um, we had Olympiak, we had Benfica in our first knockout, and we beat them. We drew one-one away, didn't we? And then we beat them three-two. That home, was the. That was the was which one was the game where Danny Sabayos decided he didn't fancy Arsenal in Europa League any longer? Oh, he did it twice. Didn't he? he did it. He did it in Benfica, and yeah, he did it in the next round as well. Yeah, um, the uh, the lovely pass back header. Thing. Oh. Yeah, was... I think that's when we realised. Yeah, you need to. Go he wasn't, he yeah. wasn't for us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, at that point, he was perfect for Arsenal, but also mm. not perfect for Arsenal at the same time. He had all the traits uh, to be a pointless midfielder for us, and do like, yeah, I think it's oh, time God. to go now. And I think I he decided say, that as well. I think we should bring out that um, you know Urzel, who's who's good enough for Arsenal. He could have done a job. Eleven games for Fenerbahce. He only completed ninety minutes twice, and his last game, the eleventh of May, he finally got an assist in eleven games playing in a, a donkey league, Ooh. and they've won about yeah. half of those games. Yeah, I'm going to touch on Urzel after after I've done this, but even that it wasn't in the that whole thing was. <laughs> well, players leave. Yes, it was. Being a professional here, Danny Sharp. Right. Anyway, um, <laughs> we we then played Olympiacos, who you know have been our nemesis for the past three years. We, it was almost inevitable we was going to draw them, wasn't it? And mm-hmm. I guess everyone, because they dumped us out last year, everyone was thinking, shit, they're gonna they're gonna dump us out again. We beat them three one away, and then we lost one nil at home, which yeah wasn't the best. Uh, we then played Slavia Prague, which we drew 1-1 at home, which was a very bad result. It really was. That was 
again, like we really should have won, but we just could not hit the back of the net for love nor money. Yeah, it was the one nil, didn't we? We were sitting quite pretty, and then we just conceded that away goal yeah. right at the end. It looked like right we were we were going to be happy, you know, kind of cruising through a one nil to the Arsenal. Okay, we could have done better, but at least we didn't concede an away goal. And then as soon as everybody were like typing that, it was in their Twitter draft to send it. Ninety <laughs> fifth minute, as soon as the whistle's gone, send. No, they equalise. Abort. Yeah, abort. Abort mission. <laughs> Yeah, but luckily we went away and we beat them. Uh, no, because it wasn't really because we played them in the same stadium, didn't we? Because of uh, COVID. Man. Yeah, because of COVID. So our the away leg, uh, we beat them four 0 which obviously was a a blessing. And then we played Villarreal, oh, and we got dumped out go. by our former manager. I mean, when we brought, we brought back to T one, and when we was away, and everyone thought. We bring back home and we're going to win 1 0 very, very easily. Well, not easily, but there was a mm. a sense of, I guess, we could do this. Like, we, you know, we could definitely do this. We could definitely go and to score one goal. But that game, then if you remember, Femi, we just could not score mm. for love nor money. I mean, the first half of that game was absolutely diabolical. Like, it was. We just yeah. so passive in the first half, knowing that you needed um, a goal. But in the second half, we came out by the same. We still could not score whatsoever. Yeah, that's definitely my low point of the season, low game of the season. Because oh, we just, we just, oh, I just didn't get what what the plan was. I know, I know they were defensive, and it's hard to break teams down. Funny enough, when you're reading out the results, that actually stands out now that we didn't actually win a home game, like an actual game at the Emirates in the knockout phase because the game that we did win against Benfica, we were playing in Olympiacos, weren't we? Yeah. 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 So we actually didn't win a home knockout game. And considering what last season, Olympiacos at home as well, we didn't Mm -hmm. win that as well. So Arteta actually in the knockouts hasn't won a knockout game at the Emirates. So that's, that's all. But anyway, we're not in Europe next season, so we can't improve on that. That's that kind So, so then when you rock up and you need one goal and it, for me, it was just so disappointing, especially when, you know, you get to the last 10 minutes and you're thinking, all right, come on, let's, let's one last push, you know, throw everything, give your, your best. You've got three weeks before the final, put everything on the line. We just had nothing left. We had nothing in the tank. We had no centre-backs going forward, no goalkeeper going for the last minute. Nothing. We just we just kept Taking passing the ball around. Yeah, it was... Yeah, yeah, we had, yeah. We had 14, oh, so shots in that, 14 shots in that game. Well, uh, Alba hit the most really twice. Mm-hmm. One of it came back out and it was the one ahead of one, one a, uh, a very narrow shot. Just mm-hmm. thinking, yeah. this, isn't good. this isn't going well. But then you can't go and go... I don't know. Maybe I, I thought at first maybe um, Arteta had gone all, all new age hippie and he'd done some ayahuasca or something. But now I'm thinking, did he have his COVID injection? Because <laughs> w- when did you decide that Party would be okay as playing as a one man midfield against uh, no, against that team? Yeah, you can't do that. And he did it in both legs, didn't he? He tried to reinvent the football in the first one by going, "Oh, we'll have a double fake eight nine tens or whatever it was," and then the next one go, "Well, that didn't work. I've got a better idea. Gather around, lads. Party, you're in midfield all by yourself." He'd probably gone, I know I'm good. I'm not that fucking good, as we found out. Well, it was but the yeah, level of kind of injuries. 
wasn't it? It was all those injuries that we had in the first leg because I think that was the one where we started with four midfielders instead of uh, a striker because Aubameyang was injured, Lacazette was injured. Um, and Aubameyang then came on towards the end. I think Martinelli was, I think that's one that we can kind of look at as should have been an option for us, um, maybe starting up top. But I said the second leg of Villarreal, I think that is the game plan when you see it kind of play out is we're not going to let them score and we're going to snatch a one. We're going to snatch one goal I do it. And we just didn't snatch a goal. So we just looked like twats at the end of it because <laughs> that's the problem with generally that, yeah, you don't score when you need to. You just won't go through. We did the hardest part of it, which was stopping Villarreal from scoring. And I mean, they only had four attempts against us. It was so from the defensive point, point. About, about Emery's tactics, 2 nil up, brings on... Um, oh, that Buckley. saved us. That saved us. <laughs> uh, that saved us from the first half, uh, first yeah. leg, wasn't it? Yeah, 2 yeah. nil up at half-time. And he Classic brings on a midfielder, Emery. takes off a striker. Ceballos uh, so then gets himself sent off, which I think a lot of people would hold uh, Arteta's... Um, door as well because you could see Sabas was getting sent it was off gonna happen, was it? Yeah, it was definitely second yellow you could see it was going to happen he was going to kick someone up in the air and, and 12 minutes apart as well or 13 yeah yeah one in the first half and then second half 57 minutes yeah. kick someone up in the air and uh, yeah you're like you fucking twat <laughs> yeah yeah um, I think that was very disappointing generally across that but it was also our biggest problem was midfield, as we mentioned, and we struggled still for central midfielders. And you've got to hope that's some key area we're looking for uh, in the summer. Yeah, I mean, revamp, yeah, I mean, revamp that. Yeah, no, no, we need to revamp our central midfield. Um, I don't know I how. Mean, <laughs> I know how. We think about it. Think, it's, it's not that that. You think of how many goals we've had from um, centre midfield this season. Partey, who. Uh, granted, he's he had two shots today um, against um, Brighton, and both of them, one hit the crossbar, I believe, and one was just wide. So he's, he's getting better at shooting, but his shooting this season has been awful. Um, I think it's nearly 30 shots Party has had, and most of them are landed inside the air, uh, behind the net. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, it, Stop doing it's it. Been, it's been really bad. Um, and even just the contribution... I mean, how many assists has he had this season? I want to say three. Um, I that, think it is three. I think it's three, and that's that's awful. That's it's three really bad. in thirty-three games. That's unacceptable for a midfielder at Arsenal. Unacceptable, and yeah, he hasn't got a central Ars- midfield partner though, has he, Carl? That's a, he's got to be a huge. Sabios one week, Elneny the next, and then you think but he has played he's... in more majority games with Jacker, hasn't he? Hmm. So You're never getting goals from him. No, you're not. But to say he hasn't got a midfield partner is kind of a disservice because majority of the 33 games he said he's played, I would say over half of them has been with Granit Xhaka. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, about three quarters yeah. of the early ones. Only recently it's been El Nenny. Yeah, so he has. I mean, yes, they have to get used to each other. And without a doubt, it's his first season. And I think we, we say things like this because, you know, we want to... He's our Arsenal player. We don't want to seem too bad. But had he played for another team, we would be ridiculing him. He played fifty million for a player who has no goals and three assists for the whole season. Like, and you know, we're hoping that next season he comes good. Because I, I, I believe there is a player there, and 
Um, hopefully, if he does get a, an out and out midfield partner who he's comfortable with, hopefully he does play better. Sorry, Josh. I think he's also not the player that's going to be grabbing you ten goals a season. I was going to say, midfield. what's his role? He's not. He's not that player. We don't play that way. The biggest thing for the fact we didn't score goals is the fact that we've got a seventy-two million pound winger that has only turned up for the last seven weeks of uh, the season, or it was against uh, you know the fodder of the Europa League. Mm-hmm. He's got what fifteen goals now this season. Six, second top goal scorer, Lacazette. Second 17, top. He's sixteen. Yeah. Bamiyang fifteen. And there's the other one, Abamyang, top goal scorer last season, getting thirty plus goals easily, is on fifteen goals for the entire season. That's the problem. Our midfield not scoring. Yeah, it's it's partly an issue. Saka got seven goals this season. Smith Rowe got four after coming in, or Odegaard on three. And you'd say they were our main midfielders. Willian, obviously, again, massive disappointment. Um, but I think top assists for Willian this season, was it? It's between him and Saka. Um, Saka got 10, Willian 7, Smith Rowe 7, Pepe 5, Tierney yeah. 5. Yeah, those are the problems. It's just Partey not scoring isn't a failure of his £50 million transfer. I think the fact that he was almost never fit was an issue. It's not his job, because though, was, is it? Look at him spraying was, no. passes around, the limb for the field. That's, that's not his job. Look at those three assists but, that he got as well. They are superb through balls to a Bamiang. Yeah. Straight through the middle. They are laser passes. They're better quality than we can see from a lot of other players that have got more assists to his name. And Odegaard was doing them as well yeah. magnificently. That yeah. one in the Palace game, stunning. Mm. Yeah, there was some really good moves from these guys. And I think Partey is a disappointment, but also got to have the massive asterisk next to it that he wasn't fit, I think. Also, remember that back to that Spurs game, you know, where we started and we played that risk. Um, we needed that win against Spurs and he just wasn't fit and he decides to go and walk off the field during a Spurs counter-attack. I think at that point, you're like, yeah, I think if he didn't come back and start having the games he did with those kind of through balls for Aubameyang, then yeah, there would be everybody coating him as just like, who did we actually sign? Was it Amvia or someone like that? That's that's why I kind of say that we need to revamp our midfield Mm. because if we go into next season with Partey and Xhaka and expecting any Mm. other output from them, as you're saying, we're going to get the same one Mm. goal from each of them, two goals from each of them, and a couple of assists here and there. That's what we're going to get, to be honest with you. And unless we find a way to, like I was saying, I said to someone today, everyone's telling me that, you know, Joe Willock can't play for Arsenal mm. because it's this and it's that. And I was like, but you sent him on loan. It's up to mm. you to watch the scouting videos of him and say, what has made mm-hmm. it work for him there that we have not been able to unlock? What is it? Is it that they're playing a 4-3-3? Is it that they're playing him in this position? What is it that can make you unlock that potential? Because if Aaron Ramsey was doing what Joel Cole was doing at the same age, we would be raving about him, not talking about selling him. We wouldn't be talking about selling him, but we're talking about selling you know, a player that is you know, pumping in goals from midfield and and then keeping players that have no output whatsoever from midfield. You know, yeah. it's, 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 the, us, you know? it's the youngest player 
um, in the Premier League to score seven games in a row. So yeah. that, that loan has worked out superbly. And I think there's two ways to look at loans. You want them always to work out well for either a positive reason if you're going to keep that player or because you fatten them up and you can sell them. And one's Mavropanos and the other one, I think, is Joe Willock. That we, Joe Willock, we keep. We, we're getting rid of Mavropanos. I'd probably say the same for Maitland-Niles as well. That yeah. he's, he's not the requisite quality for us. But, but isn't he Joe Willock's got right back? He doesn't want to play right side. back, so go fuck himself, basically. If he doesn't want Lila to play right back. There we go. They win the coveted Golden Combine Harvester, I believe is what their uh, trophy <laughs> is. It's a win for football. Yeah, it's a win for football and Barrett Yilmaz. Congratulations. Could, but if we could persuade a Mainsley to stay at Arsenal, would you want him to stay? No, I wouldn't. I think he's he, No, it's not his attitude. I it's, like him. He doesn't yeah, want to play. He, takes, he doesn't want to play the role of yeah of reserve right back. Yeah, but does he and want to play in the championship or play for Arsenal? Well, if he wants to play in midfield, he's not going to play in midfield for Arsenal. Let's put it that way. Um, he can go and be Oxlade Chamberlain, and he can say he won the league whilst sitting on the bench. Um, he can have and the same kind of career highlight. Oh, and a Champions League as well. He is he is the Jimmy Chiare of that Liverpool <laughs> squad. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. I, it's not for me. Sorry, Carl. Go for it. No, I was going to say the problem is Ainsley mm-hmm. McDonald's. Uh, I hate saying this. He believes in his ability and he wants to be this box-to-box midfielder. Um, and granted, I, I watched a few games that he played for West Brom, and he, he wasn't half bad. But maybe that's his level. That's mm-hmm. playing Sam Allardyce football. Sam Allardyce is not going. He's not known to play football. You know, as much as he he got mad at Mikel Antonio for saying he's into the channels, mm-hmm. which. That's what he did that game, like literally, and he got mad for saying that. Um, that's what he does. So, and amazing um, that Ainsley Maitland Niles is not going to be that player for us who is going to do the midfield work, unfortunately. And it does, it does come to a time where maybe we do have to be like, okay, do you know what? Thank you very much. We should have taken the 20 million from Wolves last season. We didn't. He's not worth twenty million now. He's not worth probably half that to be honest. Let's be real. But that's a yeah. worked his way into the England team. That's that's quite but, funny now. You gave up, you're just saying yeah. he's not worth twenty million now, as a, as opposed to that's so crazy. I just didn't understand. That's another one that mm. I just didn't understand. We turned down the twenty million, and mm. he spends the majority of the first half just sitting on the bench. On the bench, like, yeah. so weird. What the flip is going on? I where, wonder where if you... that was, yeah, I wonder if it was to try him out in midfield and see what he was like. And we saw it. He had that one game, wasn't he, where he was really good. Was he brought some dynamism. Don Dolk. Yeah, maybe that was it. <laughs> it was That's exactly it. I couldn't remember who it was against. And yeah, that, that kind of nails it. It's the final nail in his coffin. But. I just have I just have a dream that all the Hayden boys are all going to play together and all going to pull each other up. Like they're like the George Graham boys did back in the, the 87, 86, 87 onwards. And I he could be part will. of that. Just, yeah, I, don't yeah think I think he they will, will, but he won't. He'll be, be yeah. the, you know, he's the Carl Jenkinson of the uh, British core. <laughs> They'll be playing in the Cypriot yeah. second division and then these the Slovenian uh, top league. I think, I think he's still got one big move left in him, to mm. be honest Hopefully. with you. I think he, I think he, he'll, he'll, he can still reputationally, mm. you know, play. He played for England this season and stuff like that. I mm. think he can still rock off at a, 
a Leicester or a, a Southampton still. I think he's still got that before and, and he can that's where it will be make or break for him. But if the plan is to sit him on the bench, just sell him. I like literally just sell him. It, you you got to stop doing that now. Make decisions early on players and stick with your decisions. Don't half-pass it and then sit them on the bench for half of a season and then you just think, what was the point of that? Yeah, I think at that point, Arteta still didn't really know what to do with that squad. It was so big. I think he just kind of got choice paralysis. As you say, it was a bit like having Saliba there. He had Reese Nelson refusing to go out on loan. He wanted to fight for his place. And he's like, fuck, now there's another winger I've got to think of. <laughs> Try and get into my plans. We forgot about Reese Nelson as well. Another Halen boy that he's got so much promise. He had he's so much promise and he was so badly advised by people around him who didn't just look at it and go, okay. Wasn't so it Southampton he could have gone to? He, we had a loan set up for him in the summer. I don't know who it was I think to. it was Southampton and possibly yeah. Wolves. Mm. Or I'm not, might have been Leicester. And he could have been there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could have he must be looking, but he must be looking at um, Willock now, thinking, mm. "Damn, this is what I could have done." I mean, yeah, I know it sounds silly to say this, but if you're looking on t- like in the Euros, if you're looking on form, you've got to take Willock, right? If he's got, mm. if you're, I mean, he won't go. He's not going to Euros. We know this, but like he's if you're just looking at players, if you're looking at players on form, Willock has got to go. Like you. Pick yeah. him, but unfortunately, you wouldn't because seven goals in seven games. Yeah, so good. He Willock basically has done what Jesse Lingard did to get himself back in the squad. He's basically exactly. done the same thing. So this <laughs> like, is why if you take Lingard, you yeah. have to take you have to take Willock as well. Which I, I yeah. you know, you know Willock is probably on yeah. no illusion. He's not going to hear as well. I mean, there's all these players that again we have to think about. I mean. Just quickly, yes or no, I'll go around. Would you have Willock in the squad for next season, Danny? Yes. Josh? Uh, absolutely, yes. Um, I could go in a bit more how I'd see him playing as well. We just got rid of Odegaard. You, you could either slot him straight back in because Odegaard might not come back. Um, or you do like we saw with um, Saka. You know, when you saw you know, Smith Rowe and uh, Odegaard play together in midfield with Partey behind him. Mm. You do that. You do Partey behind Willock and Saka in the middle, and well, then they're all on the right side of central midfield. Yeah, uh, and right now he's playing almost as a second striker. For mm. I've said, you score goals. Do you anyone who can score goals? Can do exactly. what you play goal if you want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I think that's the kind of place he needs to be in that kind of freedom. I wouldn't expect him to necessarily hit the ground running the same way. He's got a feeling of a bit of a Papacisse style uh, coming into Newcastle in January, scoring a fuck ton of goals, and then never scoring again. But um, but, but the, the, the only thing with that yeah. is we've seen him score goals for us as well. So it's mm. not like a fluke. It's oh, like he's got it in his locker. Like, yeah, he's got it in his locker. And and like I was saying, he's he's what twenty twenty just turned twenty one. And yeah. I look, I mean, you look at Ramsey at that age, who who we saw as we think mm. of a a goal-scoring midfielder for us. One. Ramsey had one one season where he was started yeah. the season and he was absolutely just... Everything that touched his feet went oh, in and then he got it. Yeah. And then he got injured. Yeah, Fabregas had a season like that as well. And they tended to have those season at age 24, 25-ish, I want to say. Yeah. He's having this type of season at age 20, 21. 
So, and Wenger always used to say the last thing that a midfielder adds is goals to their game. So if he's got that natural ability already, he's if he if they, if he's managed correctly, he can he can have a career like Ramsey did without the injuries as well. He's not injury prone as well, you know. So he's got a lot more filling out to do as well. So he 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 could be a really surprisingly good player. But remember that goal. Go for it. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm if he's got his mates around him, then like these alien mates can only be even better for all of them. Bring it all working together, they all know what they're going to do. They're all friends. So remember that goal he scored against Liverpool as well. Uh, I think that was yeah. a mental league cup. League league cup, league cup. It was like yeah. five four, and he just scored a screamer from like thirty yards out because they had a twelve year old goal. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. It was five five. Yeah, because we lost on penalties. Yeah. <laughs> He's got 11 goals in 77 games for Arsenal. doesn't matter the competition. Mm. How many midfielders in Arsenal history have got ele- haven't got managed to get 11 goals? Quite a lot. Probably Xhaka. <laughs> El Nenny. El Nenny. Not for the want yeah. of trying. Hey, But yeah, that yes, no, Carl went a very long time. Sorry about that. Sorry. It's like having Chris Carvins are here. Like, weird. But yeah, I mean... Yeah, we're kind of pressed for time, so let's push on a little bit. Um, I kind of want to talk about as well the the, the players' forms. I mean, mm. Femi, you kind of mentioned it earlier, um, the drop-off from Aubameyang. It, it's just been really... The drop-off has been phenomenal this season, only scoring 15 goals. I mean, what would you put it down to? I mean, yeah, we can say that we know he had um, illness with his mother um, and obviously he had malaria as well. Um, what would you put it down to, the, the sudden decline in the Premier League since signing the contract? Well, um, I would... I'm not going to go on the off-the-pitch stuff. I'll leave all the... I, I can only go by what I see. I don't know what happens in training, off the pitch, apart from what they tell us. But from me... Okay, so he started the season on the left and he literally was having no touches in the box in some games. Um, he was just not touching the ball, like literally. Then he moves up front and, you know, it kind of goes well. He's got a couple of creative players behind him. You know, we're trying a new system and it kind of goes well, you know, but he's still very, very low touch, but at that point, you know, he's he's in the box more, he's getting more chances, scoring goals, tucking them away. Fantastic. But he just I think today was when I was actually more worried than ever because there was a couple of chances today that was pure Aubameyang. You know, straight through on goal on the left hand channel, you're thinking, just cut in and t- and he just he just there was one that he slashed absolutely wide. There was one that he, he tried to come back and the defender caught him up. And I was like, okay, I'm a little bit worried now. You know, this is more than just form. You know, this could be his powers actually waning. You know, this is a player that rarely missed the game for many, many years. He's consistently played football nonstop. You know, for every team that he's played for, he, he never misses a game week week out. I think was his longest injury before this season. So you're you're you know you're getting to that point where it's like oh, big contract again. What can he offer? What what are we doing? Is he happy? That's another thing. Is he the amount of touches of the ball that he gets? Is he happy with that? And you just think all these things just mixed into one, and it's just been a, a disastrous season. 
you know, he's got no competition in the summer, so hopefully this is a chance for him to rest, rest, rest. Like, get him a rest. Get these these guys that are not in tournaments. Get them rested, and let's just let's just move on. To be honest with you, let's let's. I don't know if he's. I, I think there's African World Cup qualifiers. I think so. He might be going back to Gabon again. <laughs> so this is another thing to watch out for in the next couple of weeks um, to January do those qualifiers. Well. And obviously January, yeah. So we're definitely going to have to sort out something in the striker department because I don't know what's going to happen with Lacazette, but let's say Lacazette leaves. And I know people have, you know, big hopes for Martinelli up front, but if Aubameyang goes, you cannot be left with Martinelli and Balogun as your only two strikers going into January. It's impossible, to be honest with you. But... We'll see where he's at next season. You know, he, he he's still going to be the senior striker. Um, his time on the left should definitely be done now because I think there was a game, I don't remember, was it the Liverpool game? I can't remember what game it was that he played on the left and it was just like, no, this is n- not going to ever work again. It's, just, mm-hmm. it's not going to work. So. Yeah. It- oh, Tom's gone a bit wonky. Um, I've just been, <laughs> while we're talking about Young before Cole comes back, what do you think of this gentleman? For the people at home, it is Young's entire career and it's broken it down into shots. Hold on, I'm just going to get rid of Chris from there. Of course, getting in the bloody way. This season, um, he's, he's played 25, no, uh, he's had uh, 10 goals this season, shots on target 54. Last season, he had 90. Season before that, 89, 28, 54. 117 with Dortmund in 16-17. And then um, shots on target. Um, hold on, I think Carl's ringing me. Right, take over. Oh, no, it's not this, this uh, Frank. Okay, I can't talk. Yeah, so that SOT, that means SOT is shots, shots on, target. on target. Oh, shots is the first. So it's goals, shots, shots on target. Don't ever ring me, people. So, uh, yeah, what do you think about that, you two? I mean, look at 117 shots in one season for Dortmund compared to 54 yeah, this awesome. season. I mean, it just kind of shows that there's something off with his shooting um, a little bit because you say those kind of numbers, he's half down on shots on target and he's half down on goals. I mean, he's. we kind of want to see that percentage of shots on target to be slightly higher uh, or just shots generally. Um is that age-old question, Danny? Should we shoot more? And in Aubameyang's case, yes. Yes, he <laughs> Cole, should. It's Cole back it. I can't see my screen. I don't oh, know. I can't, see my, I can't see my screen either. Uh, I'll wait until he comes back in. What's your thoughts on that, Femi? To go, I mean, uh, this this website, give it some credit, is called uh, fbref.com. And when I, I, I just stare at it for hours. It breaks everything down into goals and games. That's just three columns. There's 20 columns about him when he's overall seasons. But 19 shots on target for the entire season. That's crazy, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, that is, that's when you see that, you know, in the bright lights. Remember I was saying that I don't think we have a lot of shots. We're a very low-shot team, you know, and low-shot in in. in I mean, in games, but it's especially low shots on target. We even in this period that we've been doing well, we we seem to score with a lot of the shots that we have on target. So we do, you know, have a lot of we do have low shots. I'd love to see what there was a time period that 
I was watching Lacazette as well, and he was hardly getting a shot. So it's it's definitely something about the way that we are playing our strikers that they don't seem to get off a lot of shots. But for him to have 19 shots on target for the whole season, I mean that that this is what I mean by is he is he frustrated as well? He Imagine him, you know, yeah, he, he he doesn't touch the ball a lot. He doesn't. Sometimes he looks just isolated up front. You know, he's 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 not. Oba, who he's not Laka, who comes deep to get involved as much. He, you know, he tries to make movement, but he, you know, the, the build-up play is so slow that he, sometimes he just doesn't get the ball when he wants it. Um, and to have nineteen shots as a striker, that that, oh, that's that's your living, man. <laughs> We're just looking at this, Carl. Abam, it's uh, from a website. Where it's saying this season. Aubameyang had 19 shots on goal last season, 40 season before that, 34. But I'm just looking at some more stats from that website. Just one more thing. Shots on target percentage this season is 35%. Last 44, season before that, 38. And then 60, 42, 49. So comparing this season to two seasons ago when he got 22 Premier League goals, was 38.2. This is 35.2. So it's a whole mess, Carl. Did you get cut off? Yeah, don't know what happened playing Sky Internet. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not too sure what's happening. Maybe it's like Femi said, because I caught the um, back end of what he was saying. Maybe his heart's just not in it anymore. Like, he maybe just doesn't want to play. Because I don't know if you, Josh, you, you've hmm. put this in our group a lot of times, when he only plays well when he's happy. When results go against him, either like even that things like media interviews, when Arsenal lose, you never ever see a Bamian do immediate abuse. I mean, when we went through that rough patch between sort of uh, October and January, February, not once did you see a Bamian come in, in um come out and say, Yeah, you know what, we never played well, that obviously we need to train harder or we need to play better. It was left to the kids doing it. Now as a captain, number one, he should be doing that. But do you think it's more of a confidence issue? Like, obviously, you know, if he's got people around him or, you know, we are playing well, then that's when he plays better. Yeah, I think it could be a case of just, it's been a difficult season for people or a different year, difficult year, generally. I mean, we can talk of another one of our own in terms of Thierry Henry and his role at Montreal Impact that he just said he just had to resign at the end of it because he just couldn't be with his family, you know, stuck in lockdowns, not as freely available to move around. And Aubameyang's obviously got family dotted all across the world and hasn't necessarily been able to see them as much. And that kind of, you know, brushes a bit off your kind of ego. Your, um, your general charisma level drops down a bit. As you say, he kind of lost his mojo uh, this season. And it, it could be down to similarly what Omri said that, uh, the reason he left Montreal was just it was a difficult season. As we've kind of mentioned, there were things we've seen from Aubameyang this season, you know, um, the malaria uh, diagnosis. And uh, Danny, your phone is too close to your microphone. I could hear that vibrate. <laughs> you would be having kittens if my my phone was that close to my mic. <laughs> You're very, very right. Sexy Frank's just uh, sent me a message, so just making sure... There wasn't anything important. Oh, but part of, um, would you say part of Young's game is his ability to dribble? Um, successful dribbles this season, 12. What was it last season? It was 
is what I would say to that. Um, obviously, being able to get in behind and scoring is is great for him. And it does seem like we haven't been able to get him the ball, but also I don't think his movement's been good enough for us. Um, it's been a very odd season, generally. Last season, 28. Yeah, so... So that's that's one reason he's not getting the ball and he's not beating players. Um, it's always going to be difficult. We can't do that. First half of the season, about uh, Arteta couldn't make make his mind up on whether to shit mm. or get off the potty with Lacazette and Aubameyang, constantly moving him around. Remember, there was that time for a run of maybe ten games when Aubameyang did play. He spent the whole game looking up, going, "Yeah, we could do a Giroud here because I'm not really getting much luck in the air." And he did his feet. We said. Oh. As a defender, the thing that would worry you most about Aubameyang is him running at you with a ball, not waiting in the penalty in the area for a shit corner to come in. Yes, the the crossing period of the season is what we should call it. The cross and halt, it was amazing. I, the I think Spurs game, I think, summed that up, where we had like 30-something <laughs> crosses in that game and we had no one in the box. It was, oh, God, that period it's, of the season. I'd say that period was any period of the season where Kieran Tierney was on the field <laughs> because that guy would just head down straight to the corner flag, bang, smash a cross in and hope somebody is there. Um, yeah, I think that was just incredibly frustrating. That seemed to be our only tactic. Uh, and for a bit, it was working. But as you say, there was that Spurs game where we just kept throwing them in and we must have had like David Moyes level like 40 or 50 crosses um, well actually remember that Liverpool game was that this season where Liverpool had about 60 crosses against us in the second half Yeah, because they game. just couldn't do anything well, yeah yeah it was silly um, oh, I found one with a stat for you it's this season um it is completed crosses into the 18-yard box, not including set pieces. Tierney, 14. William, 10. Aubameyang and Bellerin, 9. And Saka, 8. And everyone else is below 5. Bloody hell. How many assists did Tierney get this season? From his 14 Five, I think. crosses? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not good. What's no. The... I mean, I can't really sort of focus on... Let's, let's talk about no Europe this season, mm. so or well, next season. So, you know, we're not well, in Europe. It was, felt like it this season as well. I mean, it was it was in the grasp of our hands. I mean, I was watching the game at work, and, I, and we was winning, and Spurs were losing, and you thought, okay, it's all kind of going our way. You know, we're going to get there, and Spurs pop up with uh, two goals at the end. Uh, total bottle job by flipping uh, Leicester. Don't know what happened to them, like, and people are screaming Brendan Rodgers. I mean, you know, it could be the team, it could be him, who knows? But that that's twice in a row now he's done it. He did it last season as well when they were bang on for Europe um, Champions League and they didn't get in the same this season. Danny, are you happy that we are not in any European competition this season? Yes, extremely happy. This made-up bullshit where we'll be playing games at pitches where the Hogwarts Express is going along the side of the pitch during the game. I don't get... If I was an away... If I was a fan who went to away games, I'd be looking at that going, my God, we're going to go to some beautiful villages in the middle of Eastern Europe because it's a stunning place to go on holiday, Croatia and and uh, um, Albania and places like that. Or maybe not so much Albania. I forgot there were... Not probably some of the best, but the former Eastern um, European Republic of Russia. That's a place I've just made up. 
<laughs> you know what? Yeah. I mean, thanks. No one's stepping in to help me there, are you? Uh, those are. Uh, no, yeah, you know what I mean, though. And then smaller places around Portugal and France, and where they, I think they're all getting one team each. But then it's uh, Scandinavia and teams like that, and it's going to be so many interesting places to go of games we do not need to be playing. Where someone said, "Oh, it'd be good for the under twenty threes to go and play over there." No, it wouldn't. Our under twenty threes are absolutely shocking, and they've avoided relegation on the last game of the season. And they've they've most of the under twenty threes are playing for the first team because all the older players are all buggered off. We've had fifteen year olds playing for our under twenty threes this season. I think he was 15 or 16, made his debut and scored. Some really good players come through. What we don't need is to have the, the Johnson's Paints, Papa John's, whatever it's called, trophy, the under-23 league, and then some of them coming through to the, our first team and then playing the, the, the FA Youth Cup. That's another one. It's too many games for those young players to go in for playing an entire season of Europe to get into the Europa League. How about you... They stick that in your pipe and smoke it. No, we're Arsenal. We don't need to do that. Spurs fans are going to be over the moon. The possibility of winning it and getting into the Europa League. No, we want to go top four and we can make top four next season. But can we, Femi? I'll ask you this. Can we? So we're going to need additions and we'll, t- we'll talk about um, who we need in the squad uh, in, the, in a sec. But one game a week, you know, if we, and literally it'll be one game a week, we're now going to be in the second round of the League Cup um, entry, which we haven't done that for God knows how long. 25 years. <laughs> but, uh, but do you think that if this squad was playing one game a week, like the, the current squad that we have right now, do you think we would have made top four? Okay, so we finished nine points behind the top four. <clears throat> but, okay, so I'll give you the good, the bad first, which is Liverpool are not going to have a points total like they had this year to finish third. Man City are not going to have a points total of 86 to finish first next season. Those guys are probably heading back into the high 80s, 90s again. Yeah. So then you've got got to then think Arsenal need to be hitting probably the high 70s, 80s to be making top four next season. Do we have 20 points to gain in us? That's that's the big question. I think with, oh, I don't know, with a lot of improvement, yes. But for me, I'll take fighting for top four. I'll take a Leicester-type season. There's no way we can't do what Leicester have been doing, playing one game a week. And Leicester were in the Europa League as well, remember, but they got knocked out of the Europa League and, to be fair to Leicester, I think they got some pretty nasty injuries, didn't they? That kind of, um, you know, killed their season, especially the James Justin against us, actually, wasn't it? The James Justin got injured, yeah. That was quite a big injury for them because um, he was quite a key player for them. So then if we can stay injury-free and play once a week, um, I don't see why we cannot make up at least minimum 10 more points, minimum then you have to play better in some of the bigger games. You cannot be losing. You can't be losing automatically four games to Liverpool and Man City. You can't just be giving up four games straight away. You cannot be giving up another four uh, four games to Villa and Wolves. That's already, what, four, eight games that you've lost already. You, you And that's before you've played the other, however, 16 teams in the league. You can't, you can't be doing stuff like that. So you, there has to be 
you have to make a hard line of seven defeats, no more. That's it. You can't if you lose any more than seven, you're probably not making top four. So we've got a lot of improving to do, a lot of work to do, and it's just not going to be easy as just looking at it and saying we finished nine points behind Liverpool, so we can do it. Liverpool are not. They're going to improve, whether we like it or not. They're going to improve. So even with the, the home, their home form was. If we thought Haas was bad, Liverpool, there was a point that they lost five home games in a row. <laughs> that's that's not happening in front of a full cup. You know, it, it, those little things will make a difference. But we've got to do our due diligence and do all the investigation of what went wrong in the next couple of weeks and get a move on and sort out pre-season ASAP. I'd, I'd ask, Carl, what is, what is harder been the Wenger days where we never used to beat the top top three or four teams and we'd do well against the bottom half, but now we're beating the top teams, Chelsea home and away, beating Man United, beating not the Spurs are a big team, you know what I mean? And it's the lower teams that we've been struggling against, Burnley and uh, teams like that. Which which would you rather? The we, we know we can do the big teams but not the little teams. Which is the easiest one to turn around for next season? It's got to be the little teams or the so-called little teams. We have to improve on, like what Femi said, the the Wolves, the, um, Burnley. the Burnleys, like those sort of teams, like Villa. West Ham's, Villas. Like we have to beat those teams because those are where the bulk of our points come in. Yes, I understand. We need to take points away from our rivals. Um, at the moment, our rivals are... Spuds, um, Everton, West Ham, they're our rivals at the moment, but we don't want that. We want to be in the top four places. We have to be in the top four places next season. It's a, it's, it's going to be a big swing. Like you said, a, a big 20-point swing. We have to get 20 more points. With the current squad that we have, we, we haven't got that in us at the moment, but we are going to make uh, additions and there are going to people be people that are leaving. I think injuries is obviously going to play a part as well. The issue is, is is the other teams around us. How there's like I said, there's no excuse. There's no excuse to rest players anymore. Like oh no, you know, I mean, like we we got rest players for Europe. It is one game a week. We can just literally focus on just that. The only thing I guess is that the the younger players are not going to have a chance to break through unless it's in the cup competitions, unless we draw someone low down. Um, but maybe for one season, we don't focus on, you know, trying to bred youth. We just literally try to focus on getting back into the Champions League. Um, Josh, how hard do you think it's going to be to get back amongst the top four? I'm going to say it's actually not that difficult for us. To be honest, I don't think a 20-point swing is anywhere near as much as a swing that we need um, to get there. 61 points last season got us fifth. That's how much the table has differed this season. And we're only, what, eight, six points off top four this season. I think in terms of a swing, we're talking about, to be honest, you know the games we were fucked over by VAR? We finished fourth this season. You know, that's that's at least three games that we just need to spin those results around. Like you say, the Wolves games, don't lose the Wolves game, don't lose Burnley game, done. That's it. That's all we need to do. Sort out those kind of middling games. And you know what? That's the difference that Joe Willett can make if he's going to turn up with five goals in a season. 
five, 10 goals. That's all we need to do. And I think another benefit, as you kind of say, you know, we won't be able to blood the kids in kind of European fixtures or we've got to kind of save these players for, you know, a couple of uh, League Cup fixtures and stuff like that. We could send Balogun on loan to the Championship now. That's an opportunity for us because we don't need to say, oh, we're holding back because we need to rest Aubameyang or whatever because we need them for certain games and mix people in and out. We could send some of these players on loan, the fringe players that we would be saying, arguably, we'd probably give them five to ten games a season. Why not give them 30 games in the EFL? That's an option for us. And there will be players, there will be teams out there, especially further down the league, where money is even tighter because obviously a lot more of their revenue is based on gate receipts. They're not going out and splashing you know, relative big money in EFL for new strikers and players like that. Brentford, if they don't make it up, Ivan Tony's gone. Balogun for a season for them. Seems like a decent shout to offer them that kind of option. Um, or they'd probably go for Enketia. But I think there's there's that for us. I don't think the swing is as big as we're potentially making out. I think, you know, if we're talking us picking up 24 points this season, that's putting us on 81 points. We're finishing just behind Man City. We're not at that level. No way. But we're good enough for third, for sure. Definitely. Um, Liverpool, as you say, aren't going to have the same season. The Chelsea team, I still think that Chelsea team under Tuchel is, you can get at it. We've seen Arteta knows how to not lose against big sides. Um, we've got what, our best ever run against the top six since probably oh, at least over a decade against those kind of teams. Um, I'd say probably if it was any longer, Man City and Chelsea weren't actually clubs at that point, were they? They were still in the second <laughs> division. Um, still avoiding relegation. <laughs> yeah, Man City were probably in uh, the championship at that point. And yeah, Chelsea were uh, still scurrying around with Dennis Wise in the midfield and Babiara Melchior at the back. Um, but I think for me, I'm pretty positive in terms of Arteta should be knowing now what he wants in his squad. He should be able to be able to streamline this summer. I think it gives us a great opportunity to clear out a lot of players that you might um and are about. Like having Lacazette and Aubameyang. If you're in Europe, you're like, yeah, we probably do need to, to top class world strike, you know, world class strikers in the squad. We can get, afford to get rid of one now. Have a kind of in-between player, let's say like Ivan Tony, or you've got Daryl DK, who's uh, um, on loan from Orlando City that's in um, St. Barnsley. There's the strikers out there that we can have as a, you could be great. Um, Usam Ward is another one at Celtic. Happy to play second fiddle. Not going to take the kind of resources away from, uh, you know, having someone like Lacazette who you feel you have to play every other week. This is someone that comes in for 10, 15 games. It's got the quality. That's what we should be looking at. And I think that's the perfect excuse of not being in Europe, that a lot of those kind of players are like, oh, yeah, I don't fancy it. Or especially with like a Granite Xhaka. He's 28 now, isn't he? Does he want a season outside of Europe? Really? 
just looks at things. You know, he's probably been promised the fact that we'll be in the championship or be in the Champions League in the next two or three seasons. He's been told that every summer for the last three years that, you know, <laughs> you're part of my plans. You'll get back into the, we'll be back in next season. Just mark my words. And it's not happened. He's probably thinking it's time to go. And we could get a new guy in who you could say to them, yeah, we're not in Europe this season, but we'll be in Europe next season. And they'll believe that. They'll eat that one up because they've not been told that for the past three seasons and it's not happened. I think that's the that's the level we're at at the moment. I think it's a good opportunity for us um, to do things like that, just to have a clear out. Do you think that possibly with the fingers crossed it doesn't happen, the re-emergence of COVID come autumn, winter? If we're not in Europe, that's going to take a hell of a lot of strain off of the club because that was an absolute nightmare. The week before the game, you don't know what country you're going to be playing in. I mean, it certainly doesn't help with uh, all the preparation, but I think the big thing we're going to see from it is the fact that we're not playing a game every three days. And Arteta has got a pre-season, plus he's got an entire week to not only work on how do we stop the team, that we're playing against, which I think has been the tactic in almost every fixture we've played. It has never been about what can we do because he hasn't had the requisite time to really get ideas across. Um, it's all been about, you know, Nicholas Pepe, this is the left back that you're playing against this week. This is how you stop him. Not this is the left back that you're playing against this week. This is the stuff we've been doing in training for your attacking play. Try this out. Um, we've just not had that and I think next season it gives us that opportunity to really I'm expecting by Christmas we've seen I don't want to use the word the process but we've seen what Arteta wants Arsenal Football Club to be playing the kind of football we should be seeing that identity by Christmas because of the time that we've had Um, you know these last five games we've seen a little bit more freedom in the way that we've played and I think we'll we'll see that only continue into next season. And less injuries. Uh, yeah. We've had constant injuries for for as far back as we can remember. I we've think, had a stress on players. Yeah, and I think the injuries we've had, you know, if I remember back to Kieran Tierney with his hamstring injury, he was out for I think three weeks. Now in normal circumstances he misses six games. Three weeks in like February. Misses misses that many games. He missed ten games for us. That's how congested the season was this year, that we have someone out that misses a third of a season for a three-week injury. And I think that's kind of, because this thing's true of the problems we've had this season, is how much an injury to a player that you re- is huge for you just has such a huge effect on the season as well. But Thomas Partey, again, out for three or four weeks, again, will be 10 games in certain areas of the season, maybe even more because it was just so congested. And the fact it's 38 games next season, plus I'm expecting, and I should say the expectation that we get to at least the semi-finals of both domestic cup competitions. That should be a given. We should be taking the league cup seriously. We should be getting to the final of that arguably, but I'll give us the benefit of the doubt of, you know, picking Man City or Liverpool in the draw. Um, but those are the kind of things we should have the expectations next season that we have a trophy because that lot up the road, even if Harry Kane leaves and Son leaves 
but they still have Ryan Mason running that club, uh, running that club, are going to be getting to the semi-finals of the Europa League conference, and they're finally going to get you know um, smashed in the final so, by Kuzilati. Well, we'll hope so. I think I've, I've put, um, there's kind of teams that can end up in the Europa League conference. Um, it's an interesting group of teams. Because um, teams say. from the Europa League, third place, go into the, the um, conference they, league, don't they? They go into the knockouts, a bit like how the Champions League teams mm-hmm. go it's into mirror, the... Yeah. yeah, go into the Europa League. Yeah, so for what, last season it would have been from us, um, Mulder? No, not Mulder. Vienna? Yeah, it would Rapid Vienna would have gone into the uh, Europa League conference. And that's the kind of quality of teams that are dropping in there. It's basically going to be someone like um Villarreal. I can't, well yeah, it <coughs> could be Villarreal. yeah. Jose Who's did, Roma, did Roma qualify Roma, Roma didn't yeah. get in Roma didn't get in it there you go they didn't get in it they didn't get in it it's somewhere oh, else there you go Jose they lost Marino. Final game. Not, not gonna... yeah they Carl, drew with Spezia earlier Carl as you and Femi go to matches are you preferring that you won't now be doing Sunday matches they'll hopefully be Saturday matches or possibly Friday I mean it's all dependent on TV isn't it I think um the likes of Arsenal Manchester United Arsenal Chelsea Arsenal yeah Liverpool Arsenal West Ham Arsenal Leicester mm-hmm. are still going to be moved for they're not going to play these games at three o'clock on a Saturday but I, I don't like Sunday games like and Yes, I understand that for, for for TV rights. We are going to move some of them, but I'm just happy we're not going to play Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. I like a, a three o'clock kickoff game. Mm-hmm. I, I do. It's, um, it's something that we don't, we haven't had for a long time, but, you know, Arsenal, <sighs> Arsenal are going to get those three o'clock games. We are going to get a, there's going to be a, a fair few of, because we're not, we're, although we're still Arsenal, we're still a very big club. We're a club that's not in Europe, so yeah. whether they class us as like, you know a main attraction club, we're still always going to be uh, labelled as a top six club. Um, that's a hundred percent. It's always going to be you know oh yeah Arsenal one of the top six. No, last season we, uh, or this season we haven't been. We're a top eight club, um, unfortunately. But you know Arsenal still got pudding power. Um, what, what do you think, Femi? Um, man, it's uh, see that I, I did think that that Sunday thing, but then what 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 will happen is what there's three English teams playing on a Thursday, so they'll always be on a Sunday. So you've already got three teams that will always be on a Sunday. So automatically, you will have less Sunday games um, automatically. But obviously, the big games they'll pick up. I worry about us playing a lot of Monday night games, but let's let's even see how the, the fixtures are going to be next season because obviously this season we've been kind of <laughs> overfed football, haven't we? Where we've had games every single time, random times of the day, Monday at five. So the three o'clock on a Saturday game was one and it was probably the worst of all the lot of games. That's probably the one that no one watched anymore. Yeah. So then now we've got to get used to that everyone back at three o'clock and all of that stuff next season. And it's, it's going to be actually really hard to adjust back to that. And, also, um, yeah, say, sorry, there's a Saturday night, um, 
even yeah, later yeah. fixture next season as well for well, that's mainly European for teams. League teams yeah, yeah, Champions League teams are in yeah, yeah. Saturday night. So it's going to be, as you say, mental. So it's kind of the Saturday three o'clock's back. The watershed yeah. is back. So this is the, yeah. this is it. Is it back? Are they bringing it back? They're oh, not going to show every back. game. Yeah. Oh, see, no. Oh, yeah. No. As soon as you get fans in the stadium, money. Yeah, 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 they're definitely getting rid of um, that. Yeah, Sky, Plus, Sky want can, their money back. Mm-hmm. Plus, we can podcast whenever we want. Tuesday, yeah, Wednesday, Thursday, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll push for time, so I'm just going to quickly talk about the hopes for next season. So I'll start with you, Josh. Um, next season, um, we've spoken about, obviously, the push to try and get back into the top four. And... Um, with everyone, I mean, Man City, they are going to get a striker. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, it's probably uh, going to be Kane or uh, Haaland, isn't it? This, they're going to push for a, one of those two. It's going to go to Man City. Um, so as much as you don't like him, Harry Kane is a very good player and he will improve Man City. Whether he can do the pressing game that Pep wants, mm-hmm. you know, it yet to be seen. But he will put the ball in the back of the net. Liverpool are going to improve. They're going to get... A midfielder with uh, one item going, they may even look to get an, an extra striker. And most definitely, they're going to improve next season because they're going to have uh, all their defenders back. So that's for sure. Chelsea, I don't know how much more they can spend, whether they stick with Werner, which I'm, I'm very much sure they will stick with him. They spent a lot of money on him. So um, he's definitely going to stay. Um, and... You know, all the teams around us are going... Manchester United, they're going to improve. They're going to probably get another midfielder. I would say definitely a, another defender um, to partner uh, Maguire. So everyone around us is going to improve. Do you think that Arsenal still, without the European football, you know, we finished eighth last season. Do you think that Arsenal have got the pulling power to still attract players... Um, from Europe from Europe, and also in the English League yeah I think we still have the pulling power let's put it this way whichever player comes to join Arsenal if they're going to come in as a first team player chances are they're going to be playing 30 games in the Premier League so they're still going to be playing against some of the biggest clubs in there I know if you go to say Eve Basuma, where he's already playing against Arsenal, he's already playing against Man United, he's already playing against Man City and the Brighton team. But there's the chances of trophies at Arsenal. Again, I kind of said a little previous expectation for next season is we should get to the semi final of both cups, probably the finals. And I fancy our starting 11 against any team in the league. I know Man City can look dangerous as hell, but. We said that two seasons ago when we beat them in the FA Cup semi. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, we beat them in the semi-final. So we can still do it on our day. We can still beat these sides. Um, so I'm not wholly kind of like, yeah, it's we've got better preparation time for this, uh, for all these games. Again, it's one game uh, a week for us. I think we've just got to start strong. Uh, and it's all about if we do go through a rocky patch, how quickly do we turn it around? Because obviously we won't have like a, a cannon fodder game to just get our confidence back next season. Mm-hmm. It's it's very much, unless you're lucky in kind of December time where you pick up uh, an easy League Cup run, which 
when was the last time we ever picked up an easy League Cup run? It's not exactly like we were going off to Marine in uh, the FA Cup this season, were we? <laughs> we didn't end up with any any easy games. Um, perhaps that will change uh, next season. But we do... It's how quickly we turn around and how the fixture list is kind of set out for us. Um, but I think our expectation would be super high and we're still a draw. Um, people will still want to come to Arsenal. Nostalgia does a great thing for people. You know, remember how we talk about how great we were back in, you know, there's, there's a guy who owns Spotify is currently tugging on people's heartstrings by saying we're going to bring back Arsenal DNA by pointing to a team that was specifically Arsenal DNA for what a five to 10 year period where they played together. Whereas I know Steve Bolge just left, but look at the amount of ex-Arsenal players or people who have been affiliated with Arsenal Football Club for more than a decade that are in key positions for us. Um, you know, I say Vinay, he's been with us for 10 years. We have, we've, we've had players that we label as legends uh, or, you know, cult heroes that have had less tenure at the club than he has. So I think he's on a similar level of he's performed well in his role, obviously, because if he was shit, he wouldn't have got to the level of being our chairman or CEO. Um, and I think it's the same that there's still people who would have grown up watching. I know it's going to make us feel old, but the 20 year olds, you know, were growing up and they kind of remember the Fabregas, Arshavin, us beating Barcelona at the Emirates kind of that's what they remember as the great Arsenal team they weren't sadly old enough to remember the Invincibles we can't pull on that string anymore but there are still players out there that would have watched Arsenal and from what we hear from players after they've joined Mikel Arteta is a hell of a salesman for getting players to join Thomas Partey joined us I know we hit his release clause but he still had to come here and you know, he's gone from potentially having a title with Atletico Madrid this season to come and finish seventh or eighth at the Arsenal instead. Um, we, we still have a significant pull and I wouldn't be worried until, I, even still now, I think there's still people that go to Newcastle above a Brighton or Sheffield United because Newcastle in the Premier League they probably don't remember the Shearer, the Ginola days, but they remember, you know, that club is a big side. There's the opportunity to go and play again, you know, in front of 60,000 Geordies every week. And you'll be an absolute hero in that city if you just score goals for them. Like St. Maximan is right now. Uh, I think we've got that draw. People will want to come to us and they will come to us over and above teams that, you know, the market we're kind of talking about, Sanderberg, Link, Chelsea aren't going to look for him. Man City might do, but we can say to him, you'll play every game, you'll play every week for us. Every week you'll play for Arsenal. Uh, would you do that at a side that's above us? You might do it for Spurs, but look at our heritage. And I think that's where, you know, even last season, FA Cup winners, uh, this season we won the Community Shield. It might not be a proper trophy, but we're in there. We're still in finals. We're still competing. And for that, we still have the draw, I think, for bringing in players. 
Sorry, I know I carpentered that, but <laughs> I, think was, I think it was important to just reiterate that we're I as much, one yeah. word, Femi. That's all you've yeah. got. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> I think they asked Arteta in an express conference the other day, so can you saw the club, the journalist asked him, and he said, if you give me an hour, I have you sell, I have you at the club signing. So clearly, like Josh said, great, great salesman, talks the good game, talks the... You can sell anything to a player. So I don't have a issue with that we're going to be chasing, the level of player that we will be chasing. I mean, we're not exactly going to be chasing after Jaden Sancho, are we? So, <laughs> so I think the level of player that we'll be chasing, let's see what we do. As, as for hopes for next season, um, my biggest hope is that William Saliba is established as our starting centre-back. That's my hope for next season. Because I think I I think this kid is going to be something special for the future for for you know someone that we can bed in next season. And my biggest hope is him and Gabriel Martinelli are starring in the Premier League next season. Those are my two hopes for next season. Good and yourself, Daniel. Well, Josh was given a an, an excellent answer. I made a note. We lost to Liverpool twice in the league, Man City twice in the league, and once in the cup. Can't do anything about that. The next level of teams: Everton beat us twice, Spurs beat us once, Leicester beat us once. We can turn all of those into wins. And the next tier: Wolves beat us twice, Burnley beat us once, Villa beat us twice, and Southampton in the cup. We can eliminate all but the Liverpool and Man City ones. That's what I expect us to do. Everton show today. Uh, they they lost they got smashed five 0 by by um, Man City and the amount of money they've put into that club for them to end the season with a five 0 loss with a very strong team uh, Leicester and Spurs they they depends on what players they've got Vardy is no longer the threat that he was Kane and Son look like they might be leaving so my hopes for next season is we carry on beating the big teams like we have done and the teams around us. And then we, we turn around games against these other teams. And there's this stat that we have made the least number of fouls in the league or the least number of bad tackles, but yet we are third in the disciplinary points table. That is, for, that doesn't equate one. You don't get one without the other. That shouldn't be how it works. VAR really needs to pull its finger out of his ass and, and be done properly. But that could apply to so many teams. But my hope is just we carry on where it is. Arteta isn't getting worse as a manager. Some of the older managers are getting worse as managers as they get older. Arteta's going to live. He's going to learn. He's an intelligent bloke. He knows what he's doing, but he needs to stop tinkering with everything. All of us could pick the starting lineup for every game, and we'd have a decent starting lineup that would be appropriate for who we're playing against. He needs to stop trying to be clever. You're not Pep yet, young man. How about you, Carl? I just wanted to compete. I think this one game a season is a, a, a great advantage to us over our, our rivals. Um, as long as we can stay relatively injury-free, playing one game a week and a few cup games here and there dotted around, there's no reason why we can't compete. We don't have to worry about, you know, going to Russia on a Tuesday then flying back, you know, four or five-hour journeys, six-hour journeys maybe. Um, worried about getting injuries in Europe, having to compete on both fronts. We've just shown that with the pressures off, we can play. So that's what our has got to sell. You only literally have um, one game a week, pressures off, you just go out there and play. 
you just know that you have to, but the bare minimum for us next season is to get back into Europe, not European Conference. It's got to be Europa and or Imagine if we finish we, we back in seventh. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> we, I think minimum next season has got to be fifth. Yeah, it has to be. Um, we got to try and compete for the top four. We're not going to win the title. We know this. We are a, a long way away from winning the title. Um, but we have to compete for the Champions League. And I think that the longer we stay out of Europe, the harder it's going to be to get back in. We said the same thing about Champions League. The longer we stay out of the Champions League, the harder it's going to be to get back in. And look how hard we're finding to get back into the Champions League. So we have to find a way to get back to the elite of English football. Not even just Europe, just English football. We've got to take baby steps. We're not there. We're not going to be able to compete with the Man City's, Chelsea's and United's of spending money, even Liverpool, uh, to the point because if Liverpool want to spend money, they're going to go and spend money. That's that's for sure. But doesn't a lot um, of that depend on how sorry, we're really, really sorry the Cronkies are, depending on what we can get as presents to, to keep us happy in the summer? The, the thing is, they're going to throw... I'm not saying they're going to throw money at the club, but they're going to invest because they need to get the fans back on side. So there's no way that they don't give us money. We have to... I think the outgoings as well, because we don't want a bloated squad. We don't want a squad like we had last season with all these players around. I mean, the only one person we know is definitely leaving is David Luiz. So that's whatever he was getting, the 100,000 whatever he was getting off the bank books. And then you've got to look at the people who've got one year left in the contract. You've got to look at the Lacazettes. You've got to look at the Guendouzis. Um The players that are loan as well. Uh, Torreira, what are we doing with him? He's, does he want to play for us? Has he got a role in there? Is he going to go back to Argentina? But we can't just let him go for pittance. We have to get some sort of... We're not going to get back what we pay for him that's for sure but, you know, I don't think any Arsenal fans is that silly but we have to we have, we've got a blow to squad at the moment again um, like Femi said Saliba he's got to come in um, but then again then we're bloated with centre-backs because we've got Mari we've got Holding we've got Saliba um, we've got Gabriel you know if we're playing one game a week there's going to be two people that are going to be very 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 upset <clears throat> in that squad and we're not going to have two centre-backs on the bench I very much doubt that so you know do we get rid of one of those uh, centre-backs if Hector Bellerin leaves we need a replacement right-back we need someone to cover Kieran Tierney uh, there's I think the squad has got so much potential but we need additions and hopefully the Cronkies you know if anyone thinking that the Cronkies is going to give us £200 million to spend that's <laughs> it's not going to happen no way However, I do think they will invest, and I think it also does depend on the outgoings. Um, who stays, who goes, who knows? It's um, it's going to be a lottery. I say we're not spending more than a hundred million in terms of net spend. I agree. Uh, in terms of our, in terms of our outgoings, yeah, we'll we'll sell probably about a hundred million pounds worth of talent. We'll spend two hundred, and we'll end up back where we are. Um, yeah, with probably a hundred pound <laughs> spent. Um, we still got the show on me. Not the show on me. Two hundred million. 
200 million see, you think we'll spend. I, I could see it happening. I could see something stupid happening for a right back. I can see us right going easy. huge on a right back. This is clearing out many players there. And then we, we, spend, we, need, we, we need two midfielders. Million. We need two midfielders. So <laughs> Sanderberg, what, 20 million? Uh, if we're going to get Basuma as well, that's he's not going for any less than 35 million out of Brighton. That's 55 million there. Yeah, 35, 40 million is what they'll want for him. Uh, right back, Hakimi, if that's still on. Max Ahrens, it's, it's 50 to 20 million on a right back easily. Uh, and then new goalkeeper, if Leno's leaving, <clears throat> need to get a new goalkeeper in. Um, so we could see, uh, yeah, we need a left back that can play Premier League level straight away um, because Tierney's going to be injured. That's a given. Everybody knows Kieran is going to be out for a while and you need someone that can step in at that level. And yeah. all I'm thinking, All I'm thinking there is, how excited Arsenal Twitter gets about one signing, the, the mm. craziness that happens over a mm. free transfer following planes <laughs> and all of yeah. that palaver. These guys are going to have a heart attack if we spend 200 million. Oh, we spent <laughs> 200 million last season, didn't we? We spent 200 last season. 140-ish, I think. But that was, I mean, the Pepe was uh, £5 down oh, and uh, £25 yeah. a week for the rest of your life. Mm. Of course, yeah, Pepe, yeah, that's right. Yeah. It was um, Partey, wasn't it? It was 50 million up front as well. So that's significant to do that in the uh, thing. But I do trust however much we spend or we don't spend. What I want to see is shrewd investments. Like yeah. Pablo Mari, that was a smart deal. That what was it less than eight million pounds we got him for? Eight, eight up front and then eight over, over yeah. time. It's going to end up being 16. Yeah. But for, for a centre back ready to come in and do what he yeah. does, I mean, what a chill. Okay. Man City played 41 for Ake, his fifth choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I think there's some, there's some smart deals in there. I think if we can flip Cedric this summer, that's another, another option there. Have to flip Cedric. He's disgruntled because he, I think he was told mm. that if he comes and signs, there'll be games. And mm. he played well. He's done well, but then he's just been, right. no, we don't need you. As someone who can play left back, right back, and midfield, we, that's the kind of utility player we need at the club. Oh, they're, they're no, not I, using him. I don't think we need utility players at the moment. We've, no? we've got big enough problems. Well, maybe not next season. Yeah. No, exactly. Next season, we can just get, we can clear the decks and get specialists in because for too long have we had players that, you can go and go, oh, well, we've got Maitland-Niles and you saw what happened to him. We kind of kept him because he could play everywhere and then they just end up not playing. So I'd rather we go go and get a proper left back from somewhere. They Even can't if it be is... Saka, can they, and play brilliant no. in every position? Exactly. Even if it is Ryan Bertrand. I mean, how bad would Ryan Bertrand be for a single well, season? Well, Leicester want him, didn't they? Yeah, and I think if you get a a good young player that can come into the under 23s for a season or you send out on loan you know buy a player and send them out on loan um the kid at hibs uh josh doig doig uh get him he's 18 send him to the championship for a season or send him to another uh premier league club that's just coming up like a norwich we let them have matt macy didn't we so yeah, they always won. <laughs> exactly. We got a, a pre season with them as well. Yeah, that's uh, payment well, from AC. <laughs> yeah, we'll see that. But yeah, uh, I think there's a there's a couple of shrewd deals we could do, as you say, our under twenty three squad. There's some great names in there that we're looking forward to, but always be better 
How about Chesney? Anyone fancy Chesney? Because uh, he's, he's out from Juventus because mm-hmm. they're getting Donnarumma, aren't they? Yep. Uh, in a heartbeat, uh, I'd take Chesney back. Isn't Chesney lined up to go to Everton? That's, that's, that was the rumour. What? They've got Pickford. England number one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think Chesney's <laughs> probably, a, he's probably a top 10 goalkeeper in the world at the moment. Chesney. Yeah, Someone said he's lined up to go to Everton. That's, no, I can't see that. That's what the rumour was. Oh, it's because they get rid of Ancelotti. It's been a failure of a season for all that money. Oh. What have they done? Mm. Nothing. There you go. Yeah. Yes, I mean, right. Yeah. Sorry, go on, Josh. I was going to say they even finished below us. That's how bad their season That's was. That's shocking. <laughs> didn't they? I thought they won the league at, in September. Didn't they win the? Didn't they they did. crowned Premier League champions yeah. when they won seven yeah. games in a row? Isn't that what? Yeah. And then Rodriguez had the chop. Yeah, and then Calvert Lewin got injured. What a player he is! Imagine signing someone like that or Watkins. That'd be amazing. This is why I'm saying that I think the Josh can probably explain more, but there are so many good championship players. Like whether or not Brentford make it up, Ivan Tony, he he's gone. He's definitely mm-hmm. um gonna leave. And it takes like like um Acevedo took a punt on Ollie Watkins, someone will take Tony and put him into the squad. And even if, if let's say um, Swansea don't make it, Swansea made it up and Brentford don't, you go to Ivan Tony and say, you know what, you're gonna be playing um, maybe second fiddle to Aubameyang but uh, you will get your chances um, you will 100% get your chances he's worth a pun if you can 20 million and what's 20 million is nothing in footballing t- in um, times right now so it, for him it is worth definitely taking a pun yeah I'd, I'd agree especially for a, we're in a good place right now where our second choice striker needs to be of a requisite quality and fit a mould and we've got enough that we can get rid of in order to service that. Like I think most of us are all agreed that Eddie Nketiah, great player, but he's not Arsenal no. uh, in terms of he's just in the wrong era. Hasn't I developed think. enough no. against, um, against men. No, that's, that's his big issue. Uh, and then you've got Lacazette as well. If you let Lacazette go and Nketiah go, and if Martinelli's going to be playing out on the wing, you've got that kind of spot available for somebody to come in and snatch it. But Lacazette, you look at his last five or six mm. games, he got injured, he's out for two games, mm. and then I think the last seven games he didn't start any of them. And he's still our top scorer and he's still our top goal scorer this season. <laughs> that's yeah. enough. Um, be exciting though, Carl. Could, but Danny, do you want to touch on Steve Bowl just very quick? Quickly, um, I did make he's some now left the club. Yeah, um, we signed him from Stoke in June 1988. Arsenal played Stoke in, I think, the FA Cup or the League Cup uh, the season before. Him and Bold were there. Him and Dicko were there playing for Stoke, and we signed him. And he's brilliant. 372 games for Arsenal, three League Cup, three League titles, two FA Cups, a League Cup, a Cup Winners' Cup. Made his debut in '88. And his last game was in 99, so that's 11 whole years. I think that's how it works. We sold him to uh, Sunderland in 99. They, they had a magnificent first season. I think that was the Kevin Phillips season where they uh, finished, I think, three, four, or fifth, something like that. He spent two seasons there, but his last season, he only played one game. Retired due to injury, constant injury of arthritis and stuff. And then he came back to Arsenal in 2001 as coach of schoolboys. Uh, a little while after that, manager of the under-18s. 
Uh, he took them to back-to-back under-18 titles in 08, 09, 09, 010. And then one of those, he did a League and Cup double. May 2012 became Wenger's number two. And then when Nemery turned up in 2019, it sent him back down to be the under-23s manager because he had his own his own people there. Uh, this season, he just avoided relegation with the under-23s. Last game of the season against West Ham 2-2. We've got six wins from 24 games. And last season, it was a, an aborted season. We finished sixth. We again, six wins, but in only 18 games. So he's been at the club, man and boy, virtually since 1988. And what's that? That's uh, 33 years minus two years at Sunderland. And it's sad that he's going. And you know me, I, I'm, I like to blow the trumpet of, uh, that sounds a bit wrong. I like to say how good the uh, players uh, from those days are. But you can't keep... You, you can't give a beer a bit booze is what's going through my head, but that's not the right one, is it? You can't keep a manager there if you're not doing the job. Now, mitigating circumstances, all of our best young players are in the plane in the first team or out on loan. He's got hardly anybody there. Like I said before, you've got 15, 16-year-olds playing for the under-23s. He, it's it's an absolute mess there. Um, whether it's his fault or Pear's fault, who is in, in, control, in overall control of all of the, the youth stuff and the reserves, but it's not working. It wasn't working for him. It wasn't really working for Freddie. And Freddie's gone and he's gone. I think it's only fair. Once you take away sentiment about liking him as a person, because he was magnificent. He's one of my top four centre-backs at Arsenal that I've seen playing before, before anybody else goes. What about McClintock and uh, stuff like that? One of the top four. Uh, but, you know, when you get demoted from assistant manager to sent back to the under-23s, your heart's not really going to be in it, is it? And having all your best players taken away from you. And sad that he's gone, but we've got to move on. There's so many, so many things wrong with the club. There's just one more thing they're just trying to fix, but it is sad. It is sad. And yeah. I think it, I, th- I think just, just my little two pennies on it. I think on for him on a personal <clears throat> level, he should have left when he had the chance to go and take a management job. When he was, his stock was really high when he joined Sunderland, wasn't it? Yeah, he joined Arsene Wenger's backroom staff at a time where his his youth team, you know, credentials were quite high. You know, he had a stoke, I think, were going to come in and interview him. He he should have left when his stock was high. And then on a more worrying level, I mean, you, there was a, I think our club secretary left today after 50 years. You know, in in the club last season, obviously we had Sir Chips leave. We've had uh, obviously, if you look at that, two more: a thirty year for Steve Bold and a fifty year for I think is David Miles. I think his name is. Oh, so that's yes. more Arsenal. That's more Arsenal people that you're losing. And and all the coaching staff, Canisio and that lot. Are you replacing them with old? You know, you do need some old school Arsenal in there still. You do need some because. All the big clubs in Europe that I look at that are doing well, they have some old, whether we like it or not. We, I know we all like to throw everything out and say old, 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 old. But a lot of the big clubs that are doing well, they sprinkle a lot of the old, you know, night, even if it's the 90s. Maybe you don't have to start now going back to the 80s, and the 70s, 90s. You know, Arsenal DNA, as, as, as the word is, you still have to sprinkle some around the club. You cannot just throw everything out. You know, look at Bayern Munich. They they do that for fun. They replace old with old, just just to keep the club DNA ticking over. And we we got to be careful that we don't we don't lose that. I know we get some pair, some Arteta, mm. but those are those are the 
I, I don't class them as the old school, if that makes sense. You know, I don't class them as the, the ones that knew the core values of the club. You know, we cannot just throw all of that away and, and, and then expect things like the Super League not to happen. You know, these the, the things we've got to be careful with. You're, you're talking like David O'Leary, like Lee Dixon, yeah. Yeah. Charlie yeah. Joel. Yeah. I mean, I'd say I mean, somebody where? that's above or yeah. below working age, we say, like if they're above 65, <laughs> they're probably not taking new roles right yeah. now, yeah? yeah? We're talking yeah. about like, those people David that are in their 40s. Was, yeah. David O'Leary was touted for the board and apparently Raul blocked it. You know, We need those checks and balances somewhere along the line. Mm. You cannot just have you know people that have their job interests at heart you know they have to have people that actually care about the the core values as we've seen football is not just the business you know football is more than just business to the people so that's my little two pennies on that anyway but good luck to see bold hopefully he gets hopefully he gets a management gig somewhere let him go and manage a first team lower down probably see how he does yeah i agree with everything you said i think we do need quote unquote Arsenal play, Arsenal people on the board and yeah it's sad and even if they uh, someone like a a non-executive member like someone like a Thierry Henry um, to come well, to the board wants to do isn't it well, yeah, it's also a case member. of it's also where does he want to put them as well like if he wants to put Patrick Vieira in the dugout We'll go fuck himself. He's a terrible <laughs> manager. Like, yeah, that, all of the, yeah. that stuff is really weird, isn't it? Because those guys are a couple or two of them are people that are striving to be top managers. Exactly. Now, they, yeah. you know, they can never they can never manage Arsenal now as long yeah. as the Cronkies stay in charge. So they've burnt that bridge, basically, unless they actually do, do get the takeover. And is it that they're doing the takeover so that they, they have a chance? Oh, so all of that stuff is 100%. They're looking yeah. for jobs, weren't they? Um, yeah, where's so Burkamp, his his big thing, uh, Ajax is working with the Youth Academy. Would you sack Per Mertesacker? From everything we I've heard of externally, Per's doing a fantastic job with the Youth Academy. Like, am I going to get rid of Per to bring in Burkamp. I think Burkamp should be involved in the club, but not for a like-for-like replacement for someone that's doing a great job with us. I think Burkamp was assistant manager to, um, uh, was it DeBoer at Ajax mm. with Overmars <laughs> in the top position, and now Burkamp's gone on. He's working for another club in Holland, doing, mm. I think, what you were saying, looking over them, keeping an eye on the mm. younger players. And uh, I can't remember what the club is, but uh, it's not a club I, I recognise when, mm. when I heard about them. But... It does look like there's three legendary players, mm-hmm. Carl, all, all sort of like not really doing much. So uh, maybe X got the right idea, bring them in because uh, they've got Arsenal DNA. I mean, Sol Campbell's available. Would you be upset if he took the under-23s gig? And he could do that and no. be mayor of London, couldn't he? No, yeah. no, wasn't yeah. he? He's been linked with the England under-21 job. Yeah, yeah, he has. I, I think this summer, I think this summer, Arsenal have a lot of work to do and it, it <laughs> yeah. starts tomorrow plus um, the process yes um uh, yeah <laughs> here's, a, here's a question for everyone so the Cron- the KC or, or josh Cronk is going to do something at board level you expect this An audacious summer to, to placate the fans a bit probably in the slimy daniel levy way of uh oh yeah we'll put uh an elected person on the board from 
these fans that we're going to pick and we're going to vet your social media first. Is he going to do a, (laughs) is he going to put like a a single entity from say um, the Arsenal supporters trust on Mm. the board? Or do you think he puts an ex player on there instead? What would you prefer? Because I don't think both happen. I think it's one or the other. So Carl, would you rather an ex player on the board or a fan? Personally, an ex player, uh, a sensible ex player, Devin O'Leary. I would, Devin O'Leary, Bob Wilson, any of those, I would take in an absolute heartbeat uh, to go on to the board to, like you said, Josh, checks and balances. And then you know that a Arsenal person is on the board and, you know, you feel a little bit more connected with the fans was. that would make us, that would, that would placate us. It was, I mean, everyone would be like, oh, it's just a PR style. And it would be, let's be very honest. But it would work. It would 100% work. I wouldn't have a fan on there because as fans, we can't even agree bloody what kind of shirt is nice. And then that one person goes on there and if they've got social media, who is it? Like, is it... <laughs> I know it's going to be an ass kisser, didn't you? Is it a Tim Payton? Is it someone like that? You kind of know what I mean? And, um, Maybe FK. Not that okay. like, okay. I think. Of course. <laughs> you won't be listening. <laughs> um, I think I have nothing against these people, but they don't deserve to be on the board. It should be an ex-player. Femi? <laughs> ex-player or a fan uh, you don't have to mention any fans in that point or... I know I, I, I think I, I think Alan Alga should get on board <laughs> I like Alan he's got some, yeah no he's, he, uh-huh. he's got some crazy takes he was no but yeah no no ex-player um, in the I would say yeah definitely a, a George Graham era player yeah. could could, yeah. could that's if they're, they're all doing punditry though a lot of our ex-players mm. so yeah. <laughs> they're making a good living doing that aren't they seems to have a lot of ex-players yeah. on in punditry yeah and Danny we ex-player or a fan representative Kevin Campbell big Kev okay. you can't have any of the fans because they would go to someone who uh, is part of an organisation that they're just have kissed the club's ass yeah. all these years you're not going to get someone on there like me or Gav or, or um, any of that, or Raj, or any of this lot that are going to go, oh, what the fuck are you doing? You ain't doing that. No. You're going to get someone that's going to go, oh, yes, yes, Mr. Cronky. Oh, no, Mr. Cronky. Oh, I kiss your ass, Mr. Cronky. And the, plus, the weather's getting on there. They're not going to have any kind of power, are they? They're not going to have me turning up in my spaz bus, shouting and screaming out the windows, get out of the way, I'm coming through. That's, <laughs> that's never going to happen. It's going to be someone to uh, that, that's just going to uh, appease the fans, have, have uh, uh, no power at all. So I'd go, Kev Campbell loves the club. Everybody loves him. Well, I don't know anybody who doesn't like Kev Campbell. Or, or someone like Dave Hillier, another one who knows his stuff, who appreciates and who really works for the club. Um, Ian Selly, he works for the club. Someone like you're saying from the George Graham era. Uh, or Ch- or Champagne Charlie Nicholas, get everyone pissed up. <laughs> everyone has to have a little earring and a perm, go outside and you know, kick off and then get drunk. Nice. Yeah. How about you, Josh? Did you pick one? Uh, I didn't, but I would probably go ex-player as well because I think an ex-player is like less likely to be corrupted by the power let's put it that way <laughs> no, I think Quinn a fan did it all, didn't he at Sunderland yeah, yeah he uh, wrote mm. the theme tune sung the theme tune for a bit didn't he mm. um, uh, yeah there, there are certainly some players in there that I would look at I'd want them to go on their on the board via their credentials you do know there isn't a board ex-player. 
we're talking about it as in the the, the terminology of board. Yeah, the directors, one man. The board of directors, um, I think it's what we're talking about, which does contain Edu and Vinay, um, Tim Lewis, Josh Cronkey, Richard Chips. Richard Garlick will be on it uh, and Stan uh, on that board of directors. And I think, yeah, the other one that comes in has got to be um, someone that's that knows their stuff. I don't want an ex-player who is a bit thick going on there, let's put it that way. Uh, I want them to be able to ask those intelligent questions. And I think a lot of our ex-players are intelligent in that way. But... <laughs> I don't want to say, oh, let's put Thierry Henry on there and Thierry Henry doesn't know the first thing about running a club, which is why like, you're saying... The first exactly. time they sniff him out. It's, it's someone like a, as you say, like a O'Leary or a Noel Quinn, someone that has done that kind of role. They know what's good, how, what's things, bad, should how yeah. things should be done, or at least not... There might be new ways of working, for sure, because they'll be out of... You know, Sunderland weren't necessarily the best run club and Leeds, well, let's not necessarily mention how Leeds were run during the uh, O'Leary era. Goldfish. Um, but yeah, uh, I think it's somebody that can at least ask, ask the right questions, let's put it that way. And they might not be able to stop anything, but they always, they'll, they'll seek it out and they'll be able to spot things that are dodgy. And I think to a point, Tim Lewis has done a little bit of that from us, from a lawyer point of view. Oh, yeah, but you want, sort of out. but you want a lawyer. You want that someone who's got that kind of keen eye, but also has the fans' thoughts as well. Um, who isn't necessarily the first thought? Oh, what's the? Uh, you know, I am an, also an employee of KSE in that regard for Tim Lewis. You know, about, he's not worried about losing his job, so to speak. How about dog, the bounty hunter can go after Toadface and get that thirty million he stole off us. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. That's why I didn't say his name. <laughs> yes. Anyway, we've been going for two and a half hours. Let's uh, uh, wrap up. So I'm going to ask you a question and one answer. Please don't carbon to it. Um, Good Josh. <laughs> where will we finish next season? Do you think? Yes, I understand the season just finished and we haven't made any signings. And we will continue to ask this question throughout the whole season. But what are your, where do you think in your heart of hearts we will finish next season, Femi? Fifth. Hmm. Daniel? Fifth and then an English team win the Champions League again and we're back. Josh. That doesn't that doesn't get us in, Danny. Doesn't it? I thought if, win, if, if someone finishes top four and wins the Champions League, then fifth place goes in no. as well. No, not anymore. No. Oh, don't no. fucking ruin it for me. Or fourth, then. <laughs> that we're going to go full Wenger and finish fourth. <laughs> oh dear. What do you think, uh, Josh? Uh, I think we finish top four next season. Carl. I think we go fourth. I do think we finish fourth. I think. God, we're so Obviously. delusional, aren't we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you have to have oh, faith, well. don't you? And I think we started last season with faith. I think. I think the one game a week is. I think the one game a week definitely gives us an advantage. Man City are going to be clear. Liverpool are going to have their players back. Van Dijk um, is going to be back. They're going to strengthen as well. Man United. 
I think Man United were very lucky this season. The amount of penalties they have was just ridiculous. Um, I bet Ole doesn't even know how he's done most of it. Just gone, I don't know. Fernandez, which is a fluke season. Um, Just just the amount of penalties. Yeah, I think the amount of penalties they had, without all those penalties, they they wouldn't be second. No way um, would they be second. And then you've got the likes of spuds if Nunu goes there I don't think he approves them to be honest because they're going to be that Kane's going to leave um, so that's that Chelsea always going to be there or thereabouts aren't they but like Chelsea I said will be gone Chelsea, by Christmas I think they can be got so yeah I, I don't see that us uh, I think us finishing fourth is is achievable just as long as we get the right players right uh Thank you very, very much for listening to us for this whole season. It has not been easy. It is not, sometimes it's not been enjoyable for us. Sometimes it's been very hard to muster up trying to talk about Arsenal. Some shows we've had to miss, uh, unfortunately. Um, But we've done it. We've done it. We have been here. We've spoke about Arsenal. It's it's been a roller coaster, um, as the name of the show is going to be. It's been a much of a muchness it's this season I'd say has hurt a lot it's hurt all of us Danny's gone full toilet at the pram mode I don't want to talk about Arsenal no more he's left it to the kids to run the asylum on unfortunately and we and we've done it um I want to thank every single person for ABW who's been on this season and I I'm going to miss someone out and I'm so sorry but I want to thank Josh Femi Danny, Chris, um, John, uh, Nikki, um, who am I missing out? People, you, you lot got to help me. Um, there's been so many of us James. who, James, who's been on. And um, oh, Ellis. Oh, fuck me, how did I forget <laughs> Ellis? Oh, God, that's the, I can't believe Josh let me forget Ellis as well. That's you, bad you knew, Josh, but. Oh, Ellis, don't put this on even, me, Carl. Flipping, you know, for the stuff that Ellis has done, like working at the hospital for all them hours and then mustering up to come on to talk about Arsenal, it's just been horrible. John's been on, um, I think, has Simon done the show this season? He has, hasn't he? Yeah, our our friend Simon, yeah, our friend Simon's done one. Raj did a couple, Raj, um, Jeff Arsenal, um. He's been on, you know, I just want to, if I've missed, if I or anyone at ABW have missed you out and you've been on, we, I'm so sorry, I'm memory shit. Oh, we've had loads of guests on. Yeah. Sophie like and Craig and Dan and Lee Judges and... Every single person who's been on, thank you so much. It's, this season has been very hard to talk about Arsenal, but we've done it, we've done it, because as much as Arsenal piss us off, we like them pissing us off. We enjoy it. We, <laughs> you know, it's, it's our... Forbidden fruit, we hate it, but we love it at the same time. And we are going to be doing this the same thing next season when we lose 1 0 to Aston Villa. Um, again, <laughs> we're still going to be here thinking if we just beat Aston Villa again, we would have um, <laughs> beat the Europa League. It's one of those ones. And yeah, it's been a hard season, but next season, hopefully, we'll take the summer off to reflect and come back strong next season. I think there will be a couple of one-off shows during the summer to keep us all entertained. Um, we don't know what it is at the moment. We're still in the talking stages, but 
you know, expect something from us in the summer from ABW. Um, Josh, anything to add? I don't think so. I think we we have covered everything. As I say, thank you to everybody that was on uh, on the shows that I've been on, and sorry for having to be on the shows that I was on with me. No, everyone loves you, Josh. You're Danny's favourite, and everyone's favourite, uh, Femi. No, thank you guys for uh, having me on. It's been a great season. Um, one of my favourite shows actually was with. Um, I got to do a show with Pos Posner in my pants. Paul. Um, Paul. Yeah, that was a great show. So yeah, no. Nah, so I'm really, and that was in the that was in the down times as well. But you know, we got through it together, and uh, we go again next season. <laughs> Please Indeed. be good, Arsenal. <laughs> yes, and Danny, the founder of this pod, the man who is the reason we are all here. We thank you. For inviting all of us onto this pod, I guess it's um it's yes, it's been a struggle this season. We will have um new ideas for the pod next season, but we will definitely have at least minimum one pod every single week. Um we may not have a pod after every single game, but it's something that we're <laughs> yes, it's something that we're still talking about. But yes, uh Danny, a few words from Mr. Burkup Wonderland himself. Yeah, thank you very much, everybody. It's been great. Uh, people say that um, this is all down to me. If it if it wasn't with you, about you lot, I'd just be sat here talking to myself most of the time. And the number of times that Josh has stepped in when no one else wanted to and, and done the live shows and everyone like Carl has just finished work and rushed back from delaying everyone's journeys around London to uh, delay this pod. So I managed to get on here. And we've added some new people in. Uh, Femi, Richard and Nick have all, have all joined up. They've, they've got their membership packs in the post. James has, has said he's going to join us for next season. Jock is still waiting to make his debut, but that'd be good if Jock joins in. And uh, hopefully you'll see more of, of the old faces back next season because uh, if the football's good, Raj will come back. And uh, no doubt FK will come on in and want to um, um, promote his new channel. That's uh, the only time we'll turn up for anything. Yeah, and, uh, and, we, and the people we miss, uh, Steve and Hollick, um, we'll never forget them. They were part of building this podcast. And, uh, yeah, hopefully you might see a little bit more of the Pirate as well next season now that um, now that we're not playing in Europe, that he, uh, he won't have any excuse not to come on and join us. You never know, might we get someone like Jeff Hulenfriend. And, 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 and I've been in talks with Dom. Aussie Dom, now that we do, don't do these shows live, we have more um, range, free range to go and do them at different times. Mm-hmm and uh, get them on Shredder. I was talking to him saying, would you like to come and do a show? He, he might do as well. So not oh, doing them live gives Mr. us more, more, eh? Mr. Fife as well. Oh, Fifey and Simon said he'll come on for one as well. We're still in, in a group with them. And uh, they said, uh, yeah, so we might be able to do some more. But not doing them live means that we can all talk. I don't have to, we don't have to read stuff. We don't have to keep an eye on stuff. We just sit here and chat like it used to be. And it's so much, I don't know about you lot, but I, I, I miss having the, the, the listeners, not the fans, the listeners joining in, but it's also, that's a huge distraction for me and whoever's hosting the call, the show. Um, so it's easy for us this way and just go back to the way it was for a little bit. And, uh, yeah, might save some money. Sure, Not that we need any money. We've got plenty of money now. We've just had a, a payment from Twitch that will keep us going for six months, which was nice of them. Yes, yeah, I want to say thanks to everybody for giving up all your time because this last two seasons has been on the verge of breaking. Is it nearly killed Jace and nearly killed all of us? At one point this season, I said, I don't want to do anymore. This is my first show since Villarreal. Villarreal semi-final, second <laughs> leg. I don't want to do them anymore. When I'm like that, you know, you know we're shit. <laughs>
Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, so uh, thank you to every single listener as well. Without you, this wouldn't be uh, a podcast. Um, we will be back in the summer. We'll do a few things, a few pods in the summer, and we will be back for the first game of the season uh, to talk about Arsenal's 1-0 loss to... <laughs> Brentford. Brentford. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> right. Uh, so thank you, everyone. And we will see you in the summer and also next season. So thank you and good night. And always remember, hashtag all together now. Fuck Ellis. Fuck Ellis. Fuck Ellis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where is it? I'm going to find it. Where is it? Here it is. Now they're going to be wondering what's going on. Because we can bring, we can do I'm a little bit. Of, we can do a little bit of podcast extras for a few uh, minutes. Non-football stuff. What have you been up to? Femi's been busy watching telly. I'm not watching actually. I'm just, I'm not actually. I am. I was. Uh, I was actually watching match of the day a little bit actually. Yeah. No, You're I don't right, mean I now. Saying. I mean in general. <laughs> You're always going on about watching the uh, the, the dead oh, things. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's my thing. Yeah, that's my thing. TV's my thing, man. <laughs> it keeps me keeps me going. Yeah, I, I like... I review TV shows on another podcast, so... Tell them what it is. Up. Yeah, but they might come and have a listen. What's it called? Or is oh, it a I secret? Like it. It's not out yet. It's, it's, it's going to be... <gasps> you moonlighting? No, no, no. It's just a TV. Have you gone full yeah. carpenter? We need to get Daddy. He's people to contracts so we can get a fee for them. Yeah, that work. Has anyone seen yeah, a... the mayor of something town? That's on my list for this week. Yeah, oh, on three episodes. So I, I work. Brilliant. I work with a young lady, and she gives me like a list every week. And some of them are so painful to watch. I'm just like, do I really have to watch this? And it's like, oh. Oh god! So today I started the Angelina Jolie one. That actually looks good, to be fair. Mm. That actually looks good. Josh so just waiting to get, get away, aren't you, Josh? I think that's probably the main thing that I was waiting for. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> to go away. Yeah. It's past my bedtime now. Oh dear! It's yeah, twenty-two yeah, minutes past too, eleven. Man. This hasn't been a very interesting extras, has it? I thought you well, were going to play You know what? You know what? <laughs> They've listened this long for us. It's nearly three hours. And yeah. I think anything that they will like is the fact that this podcast just ends. And then <laughs> they realize that there's exactly like this season, basically, we'll just put the extras out of its misery and just take it around the back. And I think it probably what makes it even extra special is someone from Brighton doing it as well. Um, season ticket holder. Oh, I know, oh, right? Said, oh, my God. <laughs> What's he done? Oh, did you not hear what he said? No. Killing the season for someone from Brighton. Yeah? It's just because we just played Brighton. Yeah, that's how we ended the season. So I thought it'd round it off quite nice. Oh. Yeah. Did that make you sad? What? That we beat Brighton? No, not really. Prefer <laughs> Arsenal to win. <laughs> we needed the points. You are, Carl. Did we? Did we? No, not really. No. Nice to be five wins in a row though. Yeah. Great way to start the new season. See if we can um, get that back it's up. Like to a, it. It's like a semi win because we didn't get into the Europa League conference, but Spurs did. But Spurs might win it, and then Spurs will get a trophy, and then yeah. Oh, only got to, once, the thing but is, then, once to be fair, get their hundred million for or oh, hundred and twenty for Kane because that's what it's going to be. Um, and if someone says, 
And if Son says, okay, I want to leave as well, hmm. um, who are they really going to replace them with? Uh, Soldado? Six, six Vermeer, Lamellas. They can get, what's his name? Um, Zaha. Oh, God. I think uh, I think we need to remember how much debt Spurs are actually in. That stadium mm. has absolutely wiped them out. So that hundred, just say hundred and twenty, hundred alone. They've got to pay that loan back as well. Yeah, okay. that's about straight on the stadium. That so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the loan we paid back. They're not going to pump that hundred plus million back into. Didn't they take out two loans? They took out the loans for the stadiums. Yeah. Uh, but they also took the same government loan that we took, but they took it at the beginning of the season. We took it midway through the season. So the five hundred so million, and they're not. Mm. Where we paid ours back this week, they're not paying theirs back. Apparently, they've managed to somehow get it extended. Mm. Send the dog bounty under our under yeah. after them. He'll sort them out. <laughs> They'll be hiding around the back yeah. of the bins outside the stage. <laughs> they're not here. Go away. <laughs> oh. They're, but they're always they're always they're always kind of begging poverty, aren't they? Because Haring mm. Haringey Council Haringey Council kind of helped them out with with their stadium as well, which is I, I still find it quite interesting that Islington never pitched anything in to the Arsenal Emirates mm. Stadium, which I, I I still considering that we did do quite a lot of work in that whole area, we got nothing from Islington, whereas the they design, got the trains. Include incorporate a we train did. station or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they've they've literally, you know, had help from Haringey in terms of funding as well. So it's, it would have been even more I for mean, them to pay back. Those are mysterious fires that happened when the people who oh, owned yeah, yeah. the mm, would have leave, yeah. sell and somehow <laughs> they mysterious fires. Yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Not even allegedly. Fully saying that's not even allegedly. <laughs> Jesus, you couldn't get anyone obvious, could you? Like, and they still haven't found these uh, people who have set the fire. By these ways, but I yeah, say, I, I, uh, I, I, sorry, gosh. Gosh. I was gonna say it's just a shame that unlike Man City, Liverpool, West Ham, we just didn't get given our stadium and have no debt <laughs> like those three. West Ham, that West Ham one still kind of. What else were they going to do with it, though? You were knocking well, down the same as um, same as Man City's ground. That yeah. was for the Commonwealth Games. Yeah, and then Anfield was Everton's ground. Yeah, and then, it was. Um, then they moved to Goodison across Stanley Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh well, someone oh, well. had it easy. Yeah. Well, well. Mm. well yeah, I'll start getting at the money to spend, but we'll see. I suppose we better go then. Yes. Yeah. It's my birthday in oh thirty three minutes. Oh, oh, there you go. Well, happy birthday, Carl. Yours is the twenty on Saturday. Mine, mine's on Friday. Oh, oh triple oh, whammy of Guna birthdays. It's Andre nice. Archerins on Saturday with Sean. Wow. There you go. Any, uh, anyone that yours is uh, with Carl, or is the tremendous day, uh, day that um, Steve Bold gets his P45 through the post on Monday? <laughs> yeah, that's the day it gets delivered. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's actually a, a page on our website for birthdays. So when's yours, Carl? 24th? Yeah. Nico Yanaris and Andrew Rankin. 
And is. yours, fam, is yours on Friday? Friday, yeah. Lacazette and George no. Nielsen, who played for us in 1947. And on Saturday, yeah. it's Brian Kidd, Steve Gatting, Nicholas Pepe, Andre Ashwin and Sean. All twats. Nicolas Pepe. There you go. So if anybody wants to know, do you share your birthday with an Arsenal player? You go to a Bergkamp Wonderland and then you go and have a .com. No, .co.uk. And then you go and click on Arsenal lists. Not that anyone's going to fucking do this. And players' birthdays. I update it twice a year, whether I need to or not. Do you want to do yours, Josh? When's yours? Uh, no. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a hard no? Uh, it's a no. I'll go with that. No, I was, I was, I was looking myself. To be fair, uh, oh, you're down. the one who's visited the website this year. Excellent. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> uh, I don't think there is anybody. Oh, still got to add a load in there, though. Ooh. Uh, I don't know. Graham Ricks and Josh De Silva. At least said about Graham Ricks, the better. Yep. Bless him. And, Great player. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Josh De Silva's at Brentford, isn't he? Yeah, he is. A double Josh on the same day? I know, right? The gods were smiling on us on that day. I'm sure they were. I'm just looking at your... Uh, I think... Oh, no, I was just working out. I was like, Graham Ricks wasn't born in 1992. (laughs) I was well confused then. I think he's born in 1956. (laughs) Yeah, 57. Oh, God, I was close. You were close. I'm very good at that. It's like telling the time. What are you going to say, Femi? You found some. No, I'm just looking at the teams that qualified for the... <laughs> the Roma actually get it? I, I mean, this is just like... No, Roma didn't... Yeah, they did. Roma, oh, seven. did. Yeah. The... The big teams... The big teams are Villarreal, Tottenham, Union Berlin, Roma, Rennes. Uh, Vitesse Arnhem, I guess. Ruben Kazan, I guess. Andelect. And then after that, I mean... And the Isn't that where Vincent Company is? Yeah, Andalus, where is that? No, he got sacked, which then became a player. (laughs) Because he was player manager. They sacked him as manager (laughs) because he was doing shit. But they were like, oh shit, you're still a player. That's the beginning Uh, of last season though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I don't know what's happening now. There's actually a team in this called Europa. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I saw in the first round, this shows you how bad they are, The is the winners of the Liechtenstein Cup. They don't have a league, do they? They don't have a league, <laughs> so it's the winners of the Cup. There's <laughs> only 12 teams in Liechtenstein, and they get Ooh. into the first round. Excellent. That's, that's what life is for. It's for living in Liechtenstein. Oh, I, I, I do think Sly needs a blessing that's not being in there, but you know that Roma, that Mourinho is going to go balls out for it. He's going to want to win, especially and if he meets Spurs. He meets Spurs in the final. Yeah. yeah <laughs> they played 102 games to get to the final and then get smashed by Jose. <laughs> yeah, and by smashed, it'll be yeah. a 1-0. Yeah. He'll score in the first minute <laughs> and then they'll just be slaughtering him for the next, uh, yeah, the next 92 minutes. Mkhitaryan and then yeah. oh they'll, they'll find Eric Dyer or he'll get someone like Eric Dyer. El Shawabe back at Roma. Oh maybe. I think he went to um, the Middle East somewhere or China for about 
25, 30 million. He played 18 games in two seasons and then come back to Rome one or three. You're thinking, I like that. Yeah, El Sad. Oh, El Sad. That is how I remember where... Um... Was he? No, he was at, sorry, he was at Shanghai. Uh, um, what's the bloke at Barcelona? Messi's mate, central midfielder. Xavi, uh, who is Xavi, yeah. who's a um, thingy. Xavi's at El Sad. Yeah, that's how I remember he's there because it makes me sad to think that he ended oh. his career there rather than at Barcelona. Kicking where, the ball. Um, You're right, Fem. You've been and out. Was uh, Santi's there as uh, well? No, I'm just uh, getting more water. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, Santi. Was it 17 goals in 20 games or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, like with uh, with a forearm for a. Uh, for an Achilles tendon, yeah. <laughs> Great to see, though. How about getting Santi to come back? He gets it. Put him in charge of something. He could probably get a game. I'm not sure he does. I think he's enjoying the fact that he's got nice warm weather to keep oh, his ankle that. nice and simple. Yeah. It's 2 o'clock in the morning, it's 30 degrees. That's Sol Campbell for Anders managers, a good show, you know. Mm. I don't mind I'd that like at him all. to. I'd like him to get a proper league job. I think I wouldn't be surprised if he's a, the one of the candidates of the Forest Green Rovers job. Well, he did do well with Macclesfield, didn't he? And then I he did really he... well with Macclesfield. Did really well with um, Not... Southend. Southend. Yeah. And I think he had he was more ambitious than the clubs could afford. Uh, yeah, basically, he was there as just kind of uh, we'll get you because you're cheap because you're oh, you yeah, have no to one be else... cheap. You yeah, have to be cheap. Yeah, uh, he did in the end because he was owed a fuck ton of money by Macclesfield because yeah. he ended up paying the players' wages out of his own pocket. Well, they didn't even finish the conference this season, did they? Them and Dover just give up. I don't blame them. There's a lot of the conferences have just Barnet finished in. Yeah, Macclesfield and Dover, the bottom two with zero everything, and just above and Barnet. Yeah, amazing, terrible. Macclesfield came back as a club though. Uh, I think there's now a Phoenix club run by Robbie Savage. So careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah, that twat. Mm. I am, I am quite shocked that more teams didn't go under during this, like, because a lot of teams do just rely on match day revenue. And I'm quite sh- shocked. I think they've kind of held a lot like FFP things and a lot of the things the government did in terms of what taxes you have to pay. I think they've relaxed a lot for for clubs for football. That's clubs, why anyway. couldn't carry on playing, wasn't it? Because their players were on in it, on um on the um they furloughed them, didn't they? Yeah, they furloughed them, them, and then they just used other players for it. Mm. So well, we're not bringing them back. We can't afford it. You can't bring them back no. with no crowds. Yeah, so you can stay yeah. on furlough, and we'll get other people in. I get some for ten or a game. Yeah, I think it was them. Yeah, I don't. I'm not yeah. sure if it is all of them, but mainly the high earners. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. They need to do something with the Premier League. It'd be nice if each Premier League club adopted a conference club or a, a, maybe one from each of the levels mm. or had some kind of affiliate with it because otherwise we're going to lose all the lower league clubs. And then yeah, I think certainly doing? something needs to be done to kind of filter it down. But I also under, so just don't want to give them a load of money because if you've got a bad owner in there, there's oh, yeah. a club owner. Yeah. yeah, if you're still going to th- if you throw them an extra million, that million's still going to be spent poorly. Doesn't matter how how much they've got. But it's ground maintenance and ground rent and mm. and utility bills. They're the ones that you could help them out with. Yeah, 
for sure. I would. If I owned Arsenal, I'd, um, I'd take Barnet under my wing. Mm. But there's no way that Arsenal would probably throw Barnet a few, some money because well, you found wood, isn't it? I think if, Yeah. Mm. I think if Barnet and Boreham Wood said to Arsenal, oh, you've got this kid in your academy, can we have him on loan? Chances are they just, yeah, they would have said, oh, we weren't thinking of loaning him out, but actually, yeah, go on. Have him. Yeah, we got one bloke on loan at um, a conference team. The one that was at Cork City, centre back. Can't remember um, his name. Aluwu, maybe, maybe Joseph yeah. Aluwu. And then they are just dog shit. And they're not even playing him. And then Zach Medley got mm. relegated to his Kilmarnock. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, not good. Is that you, Carl? What you telly? That's not me. Oh. That's not me. <laughs> it was me. It was me. It was me. Oh. Is that a sign that we should go, Carl? No, no, no. I would <laughs> just. I have my TV on pause, and you know, in Sky, if you take your TV off pause after an hour, it just starts playing. Nice. Do indeed. Well, it's half eleven. I think we should be going. I think that's yeah, I think plenty so. extras for them. Boring yeah. them. Right. Cheers, gentlemen. I shall see you in the WhatsApp groups. See you later. Oh. Oh Cheers for us organising it, Carl. Save me the bother. When we sign Messi uh, for free, then we obviously have to do an emergency podcast, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that on the show, you know. I was going to say that. I think it's on the show. It's still recording. I'm waiting for you to go off record before I go what the get excited transfer of the summer is that I'm pretty sure we're going with. Well, we'll have to stop on that that bombshell. Oh, right, right, everyone. Thank you very much. See you all later. Bye. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog. <laughs>